Once upon a time I was falling in love Now I'm fucking falling apart case of, uh, yeah, it gives you an incredible clue as to what needs to change in your life that you may not be fully aware of. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. We are going to be chatting everything Eclipse with Erliana Samsara a little bit later. Uh, we can talk about the eclipse coming up and uh, some of the repercussions and some of the things it spells out. And even for uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump himself is implicated because it's in his sign. So, yeah, fun chat. Um, well, first, oh, yeah, and, and the one and only Red Pill Junkie is returned for the long first time in a long time. But first, as always, Graham... Bono, Bono, Bono Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Good, how you doing? All bonoed up over there? Yeah, how you doing, Red? Hey, guys. It's good to chat with you again. Yeah, yeah it's good to be back at Grand America. So we're just doing our intro for uh, for early Anna. So I'm sorry here. Uh, Darren's going down to see the eclipse. What, in a couple weeks, eh? Like, when this comes I out, you'll be my, I leave on a week 18th. after. So I guess it doesn't come to Mexico, eh, Red? It will be. Well, I mean, it does come because, you know, the sun, <laughs> the sun pretty much shines on the rest of the world, but it will not be a total eclipse. It will be, be a partial eclipse. Yeah, and I, I think, think it will be like most... It, yeah, it will be probably most visible in the northern states of, of Mexico. Oh, so I should be watching the, it anyways from here. Nah, it's lame. Really? I've watched like a 60 percenter before, and it's like if you don't have welding, if you don't have glasses and you aren't look like you'd never know driving down the street. Sure. Huh. It's not, I mean, I've got excited for a few. There's a reason I'm driving fucking 1,800 kilometers to watch total. Right. Yeah, I mean. Marshall, the don't, just, don't do it. It's, it's like a... just the tip just for a second and then just go home. <laughs> Well, I can tell you that it's a memorable once-in-a-lifetime experience because I witnessed the total eclipse, fuck, 26 years ago, in July 19th, 1991. There was a total eclipse in Mexico City, and, and it was really impressive. You know, yeah, it, it lasts only, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds. 
which you see uh, that the, the corona and, and you know the actual you know occultation. But before and after that, there's still a lot of cool stuff to to to, to witness. Yeah, I can't wait to see the planets. I'm gonna put the GoPro on my head and film it all. That's a good idea. Yeah, I actually mounted the little thing on my truck today, the little clip for it, so that when I go, I can. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm trying to figure out how to set it up so it'll just take a picture like every, you know, five minutes or every, you know, every minute or something, and you can just go through after and pick a couple out. Oh, that's a good idea. You can do that. Like yeah, I think like, I can set like, it to uh, take time lapse pictures. I'm just sort of figuring this thing out. It's, it seems trickier than I thought. Right. But it seems like you can do that. But I'm definitely gonna try and get some good footage of the eclipse. So are you, are you not, you're, you're too far away to travel to it, Red, or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Then there's another one in Newfoundland in 2024. And there's one here in 2044. <laughs> I think we said you'd, you'd be 74 and I'll be 63. Yeah. So we might still be podcasting. <laughs> Probably not. We'll be censored off way before then. Fuck, we won't even last this year with the censorship that's going on. We can self-host through James. They can never shut us down. We're going to have to self-host. Well, they can shut the internet down, I guess, but... Yeah. Yeah. They can shut you down. They'll just be hiding our content so nobody can see it. Ooh. They'll find us. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Have you done any sea setting lately? No, I haven't been out yet. No. A while since the last time. Huh. It's too bad. I wonder if Red heard that. I don't think Red heard that. Have you heard Graham's Sea SETI adventures? The sleepover? Yeah, I did. I did hear it. You know, I've been checking out the the, the Memoric catalog. all the episodes again. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, of you mocking him because he was probably near a barn or something. And that they they saw a couple of, what was that? Streakers? What, what, what is that kind of Sea SETI lingo I'm not familiar with? The funny thing is that Graham Dunlop is the sea SETI star. <laughs> the star okay. sea. There we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. Had a plan camping, pitched our tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear. Darkest night. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> we started seeing flash bulbs. <laughs> Who made who made that? Uh, failed made that. Our buddy failed. Oh, oh my god. That's hilarious. Genius. He picked out like the C Seti stuff. <laughs> the first time good timing for our first video intro mm-hmm. oh my god <sighs> should i play it one more time no 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 it's no, okay I'll, just it's save it for the one for the arsenal <laughs> that was really good though oh man it's it's a real contender for best jingle hey there's a potential for a huge ufo increase in sightings if everybody's looking up at the eclipse <laughs> I actually think 
it's a possibility because, you know, like I said, in Mexico in 1991, the total eclipse was kind of like the kickstart of the massive UFO wave that happened in Mexico in the 1990s. Is that when all those little balls were filmed in the 91, in the uh, 90s, early 90s? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you say little balls, but I, I don't know if anyone... No, they just look like little balls, yeah. yeah. Big they were. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the people said, oh, that was the, the, the planet Venus as well. No way, because that was clearly some kind of, like, uh, metallic object. You know what I mean? And I also discount the possibility that it was some kind of low, those uh, mylar balloons, you know, that, uh, that uh, became um, real popular, uh, you know, years later. I, I do not believe that was a... a, a a mylar, you know, helium by balloon either. I don't know. I think I, I think that is actually still a genuine case. You know, I think I, I, I think those are still uh, genuine videos of anomalous objects that were seen over a highly populated city. So I still think it begs the question, you know, that maybe that was deliberate, you know, that, that there was a deliberate purpose of, of, you know, of having a lot of people who were going to watch up the sky at that particular time. Yeah, it reminds me of Mike sighting my buddy who lived in Vancouver, and he saw this these uh, a bunch of the similar type balls floating over the uh, mm -hmm. western beaches. Like, uh, <clears throat> what's it? What's the beach in Vancouver now? I can't remember. Brown Beach? No, it's... Um, Valley Park Beach? No, it's on the other West side Beach. of the... Uh, no, it's like Spanish Banks kind of thing. It's oh. way over there. And uh, he saw them go all the way over the city, and then he saw... I think he saw them at Main Main Street as well, kind of more downtown or on the uh, on the south side. And then other people... I just saw some pictures on Instagram a couple of months ago as well of people that saw that same sighting. So, I don't know, very similar with a bunch of balls floating around popular... Uh, population centers. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave that one. That's too easy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that seems like as good a time I need to go into the... Darren and Graham going deep. Mm-hmm. It's a book and watch Graham scam scramble for a quote. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, yeah, ready? ready. Ah. Words to ponder and critique. Do you want one from a listener or one from my archive? Listeners are, ha are having profound UFO quotes now and okay. like emailing them to you? Or is it like no, no, one no. listener's witnessing just, another yeah, yeah. listener's profound no, no, no. quote? It's and just a listener's sighting. So we'll, we'll wait. We'll do that after this. So we're just straying totally away from quotes. No, I got a quote just here. whatever grandma Okay. Just, <laughs> it was a real big triangular object completely engulfed in a bright yellow light. It seemed to be at an altitude about 500 feet above the ground over property belonging to Camp Garcia. I calculated the altitude based on the height of some trees in the area. What intrigued me most was the thing that was suspended right over the area where the U.S. Navy has an airstrip or runway for their planes to land and take off, and that it was an unidentified flying object. There were no military exercises at the time, so what was this object, that triangle of light doing over there? that runway. Thinking that I was observing something I shouldn't be seeing, I left the site at once. 
But from that moment on, I realized something very strange is taking place on the land controlled by the U.S. Navy. This has happened on many occasions, sometimes between 9 and 11 p.m., and sometimes around 2 or 3 in the morning. They come out from the sea at a spot right in the middle of the Punta Arenas and Roosevelt Roads Naval Station in Sibia. And that was from Wilfredo Feliciano, director of the VIX Municipal Police Department in Puerto Rico. That was a good hmm. one. Director of nice the police save. department. Nice save. Well done. So what's new, Red? People have been probably wondering what happened to you. I guess people can check you out. You're on what's it called quite a bit now, right? The what? Where did the road go? Is that what it's called? Well, yeah, that's uh, the, I, I've done a couple of uh, roundtables with uh, those guys, Soraya, and Michael M. Hughes, Josh Kutchin, you know, just talking about a, a few things. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting experience. Those guys, you know, you should probably try to have those guys uh, on the show one of these days. I mean, uh, Michael is fascinating. He's, uh, he's very into tarot. He's actually the guy who started the whole, you know, hexing of, of Donald Trump. Nice. You, you, you heard about that? You know, these, 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 uh, people, uh, of, who believe in magic who were actually, you know, consciously you know, getting together and putting a curse, a curse of, on Donald Trump. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. I guess, but you know, it's 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 interesting, you know, trying to see these people with alternative and well, magical magical uh, views to try to use those views, uh, you know, for, for uh, evil. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to put it that way, always evil to somebody. Yeah. I wonder if you oh. can use it to like cure cancer. Intention. Intention. If we could get everyone to intention at the same time, start with something. Well, maybe simple. it's maybe with magic, it's like uh, uh, mathematics. You know, a negative on a negative gives a positive. Hmm. Two wrongs make a right. There you go. Maybe you heard it here first. And besides that, you know, there's been the uh, the release of this book, uh, in which I was uh, one of the contributors, UFOs Reframing the Debate, that was edited by Robbie Graham, who previously wrote the book Silver Screen Saucers. And that was pretty, pretty exciting. You know, I think that's uh, a, a book that, that be, that's been making the rounds and that's, you know, has received both positive and negative reviews. And I think that that was exactly what the book was intended to do because either, either if you are a quote unquote true believer of the UFO phenomenon of you are on the skeptical side, then you know, there's, there, there are gonna be a few essays that you're gonna agree with and there are gonna be a few others that you're probably not going to agree with. And that's okay because the the idea was to try to point not to, to try to shoot down on the phenomenon. None of the none of the contributors are people who do not who think or who are 
skeptical about the UFO phenomena, but they are as skeptical or very critical about how the phenomenon has been either you know portrayed by mainstream society or even uh, tried to be studied by so-called ufologists. You know, I think that most of us uh, have very a very negative attitude toward how groups like MUFON or people who are advocates of what is now called the disclosure movement are trying to are trying to like sell on the thing that we are like the title says reframing the debate and are asking the readers to try to see the phenomenon in in maybe in a different way than they are accustomed to because the phenomenon I think that is it's bigger and more complex than the tidy you know simple explanations that are sold you know, in in the typical TV programs or reality TV shows that are, you know, consumed by the mass or, or, or disseminated by the mass media, you know, and I think that you guys know me by now that I'm very skeptical of the extraterrestrial hypothesis. And I'm so very skeptical about people who think that the only thing that we need to do is like sit back and, and wait for Papa government to release all these disclosed files, you know, and to finally acknowledge that, yeah, yeah, we're we're being visited by aliens, and yeah, they we're now going to establish former former relationships with that. You know, I think that the phenomenon defies those kinds of conventional expectations. So, it's, what about people? What about people in their yeah. own uh, movements? The people's movement. Um, <clears throat> you know, we had Costas and and uh, what's her name, Solace, on about. Uh, you know, like their their CSETI movement. That's more of like a Robbie people's Graham movement. Too. We had Robbie Graham on, but I mean, what about these people out there trying to make contact themselves and are having experiences on their own? Is that reframing I it? I think or? that I think that is probably um, a more interesting uh, uh, idea. Although I'll be frank, I'm I'm skeptical of the CSETI movement because of the because it still revolves around. Uh, a particular leader, and that leader is Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah, but what if what if it didn't? So there, what if there's other um, partitions? That would be great. Part that would be better. Well, there are some. There are some movements out there. But even, you know even who you're talking to here, but right, put, Phil? but put Greer aside for a sec. Even like let's just say Cicetti without the leadership of Greer, right? I mean, the protocols, the the movement itself, the people that are having experiences out there, you know, meditating on contact and having a variety of experiences. So. How does that fit into it? I think that fits uh, better that trying to look for a contact that is established from the top down, which is the thing that people in the disclosure movement are waiting for. They're waiting for the president of the United States, you know, go and say, my fellow Americans, and go and release, you know, the big, the big enchilada that we're not alone. But what you're saying is that there are people out there uh, that are, you know, getting together in these groups with a certain set of ideas, and they are starting to establish their own personal contact. And you know what? I'm, I'm all for that. What I'll be, all, I think what I will caution those groups is try not to fall into a, a, a very 
set or very, what is the word? A very um, defined, no. rigid, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. A very rigid mindset or ideology of what they're witnessing of what is happening. You know, because what bothers me is that when people actually get into some time of, of anomalous, uh, you know, encounter of anomalous experience, it's only used as a confirmation bias and say, oh, look, there are the Pleiadians who are, you know, coming in their pinships and they are, you know, greeting us because they have come from the fifth dimension or whatever, and they're just trying to raise our vibrations. I'm not really dig that idea. What I dig, that, I dig the idea is that, yeah, look, there is something anomalous that is happening and we don't understand what's happening, but it seems to be a reaction or a response to what we're doing. So, we, yeah, we have to explore that further. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Graham Dunlop is a C-SETI star. <clears throat> no, but it's a, it's a good, that's, we, well, I, I, that's what we try and do out there. You know, we try and be pretty... <laughs> Turns oh, laughing at me. Out, out in the field. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> we had that in the dark sky, which is great. Is this a different uh, one? At a clan camping, pitched a tent. This time We're without us laughing at it. Crystal clear. Darkest night. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> we started seeing flash bulbs. <laughs> Streakers coming down. Graham Dunlop. Is oh, the, he said it. You had to put my name in there? You. That's bullshit. Blubbity. That shouldn't go anywhere. Blah. That's that's kind of getting. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, here's sick. a question for you, Gran. That shouldn't go anywhere. What's that? We should delete this whole app. That's a little too, like, my whole name in there. Like, you could have just done Graham, right? I didn't or do Graham it. Graham, even. Remember, he got you to say it. Hey, Graham. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you something. And now that. It, it, that you are so close to the C-SETI group and all that. Have you I'm not heard that close? <laughs> okay, well, you're closer than me and Darren, obviously. You know, don't be ashamed of it. You know, photo, man. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, hey, I talk about it enough on the show. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a question. here's a question for you. People, people will only heard... get that until they listen to the, like two episodes down the road. Yeah. It'll be retroactively okay. funny. Yeah. People will be, you know, trying to scratching their heads. So have you heard of people in the C Sedive movement who have been to one of those gatherings and have had an actual, I don't want to say negative experience, but a, a, a frightening one. And that they have witnessed something of they experienced something that really, you know, scared the shit out of them. No, not not uh, not really. Actually, it seems like fear is the uh, the lowest common denominator. Like when when we realize like there's a craft flying through the sky and you're trying to get to come closer, there's a, some fear. The problem, you know, the, I think the feeling is is that we have unconscious fears and we have fears that are actually holding back the contact contact. So okay, the philosophy uh, of, so, of, of yeah, I have heard that, you know, so, it, it, yeah. it, it harkens back from the days of the contactees, you know, we were seeing, you know, the discs and they were asking it, the, the, you know, the space brothers to come closer and, you know, they were receiving the messages that they couldn't come closer because there were people among the group who were very scared 
So they were, you know, they fear that if they came any closer, you know, they, they you know, they will actually, you know, I don't know, traumatize you know, yeah. some of the people who were uh, waiting for them. So I have heard that. So we talk about the fear a lot and we talk about, are we subconsciously fearful or do we have fears that we let go of? And we sort of intend or pray even or meditate on not having that, that fear, you know, coming at a place of, of love instead. Keeping guys like me out. Keeping guys. <laughs> and or maybe, I, so, or so maybe I think it's there's... kind of like a self-censorship, you know, that maybe if a guy said, you look, you guys, you know, I mean, I know that we were meditating on love and whatever, but while I was in my tent, something really creepy happened to me, but maybe they were not willing to share that because they will be looked down in that kind of group and saying, dude, you know, you're not supposed to have that, those negative feelings. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, but most of the people that I've met so far seem pretty genuine and honest that they would share those experiences. But I honestly think there might be um, something avoiding causing that, that fear during these events or whatever, okay. something's measuring, okay. maybe measuring that and not, uh, not taking it far enough to scare somebody. Right. I don't know. Because as far as we've known, there's never been like a dramatic, I don't know. There, there's never been a Sikh city group reporting an actual landing of, of a beautiful object or craft, if you want to call it. Yeah, I think there has been. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think there's been some landings. Yeah, there's been. I think there's been a few landings reported. Oh, interesting. Oh, landings. There's been landings of the time. I think so. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, you got to. I mean, it's all in in context as well, right? I mean, it might not be a a silver metallic craft, but lights landing or other types of shapes or amorphous blobs or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, I've heard I've heard some stories about things like landing. Or close okay. to it, anyways. All right. Interesting. So, yeah. I want to see a landing. Yeah, of sure. course. Who Who wouldn't? I'm not even allowed to see the streaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, to me, that's like fucking foreplay. It's like, like the aliens blue balling me. You know, I want to see the fucking mothership. You know, the fucking mothership of clubs and guns of the first gang. Well, if one RPJ comes up here, we take him out. Or is he no, too I mean, scared? Maybe, to maybe you can both come out. That's a special case. If RPJ comes out, I'll get the gang together and we'll do it. But is it, we're not going to see anything because you guys are going to be all like, oh, we're going to take these Debbie Downers out? I don't know. The, where we went and it was Look, d- you already dark. look like you're down. No, no. I mean, hey, I don't see how we couldn't have seen something at the night I went, went out there camping. Like, there was a lot of activity. It was pretty crazy. Like it was way more than you could ever expect. Like more than I've had some nights you go, there's nothing. Even as a C city group. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always. As, well, yeah. As a C city group. So I don't know if it was a combination of the the people, the location, the intention, the meditation, or, or the, the fact that uh, the time of year, who knows what factors are there, but it definitely seemed like yeah. there was way more activity. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, you know, really has managed to figure out, the actual recipe to guarantee 100% of the time, you know, something happening. Yeah. So superstitious, superstitious me, I'm going to want to bring the singing bowl back and I want to do like, I had the crystal actually from the shamanic healer that gave it to my dad. I brought that with me as well. And another crystal, like I had some. Okay. Some do, they, do they 
pick a specific place or just you know random you know what, what whatever you know every, every, any any place is as good as any other is that the attitude for the location yeah is because set, i actually setting, respect like that there, there are places in which uh, there are there are like windows if you want to use that term of there are more chances of, of, of increased activity. Okay, well, that's a good point. So what we did is we found, so we went to our camping area, the, where, the place where we were pitching tents and stuff and where we we're going to stay. There was a big area there that was fairly clear, like a big clearing, but there was like uh, some vehicles driving by, <clears throat> some four by fours and stuff like that. And there was a few campers, like, you know, a few hundred yards away, let's say. Or even, you know, half a kilometer away. So we wanted to, to do our thing. We were going to do it there. But we thought we're going to drive down the road west. We went about 13 kilometers. But along the way, we were like, should we go there? Should we go there? What about this spot? What about that spot? We stopped a couple of times. We we're trying to figure out where to to do the, the practice itself. And then we mm. picked a clearing where there's a bunch of cows there, actually. And we drove in and we picked this clearing and we thought, this is, this looks pretty cool. It's out of the way. It's off the road. There's a clearing, a pretty good view all around. And we decided to go there and there was a few rocks laid out there. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, why did we pick that spot? Was that spot, did that have something special to it? Did it have something to do with uh, why we had such an active night? But I mean, obviously we'd want to go back to that spot because we had such good success. Yeah. And then we drove back to the campground, got all packed up, and then went back to that spot. And the cows were gone, and and we just uh, hunkered down and did it. See, said he the hmm. shit out of it. <laughs> I thought we were gonna start calling it ET talking. ET, let's talk. Yeah. Well, that's the other group that I does it. I prefer to use their brand. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. No. ET, let's talk. Yeah, I don't know that. why the group's officially like CSAT or ET Let's Talk, or it's a bit of both. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a hybrid, I guess. I don't know if they'd like to hear that. Yeah, but the problem is that the name itself denotes a certain, you know, ideology. It's, like, well, for sure. Because it's, they are extraterrestrials. Yeah, because when people meditate on something and contact happens, it's hard not to think that. I mean, that's what you're intending for it to happen, and then something happens. So it's pretty logical that people would um, assume it's ET, right? I mean, they used to assume it was God. Some Maybe. people still. Maybe. Yeah, some people still. Huh. You know, the, the, well, what else you got them, over there, Slugger? It's been a while. I guess it's only been a week. Who, me? Yeah. Well, I got a pretty cool... Actually, you guys would both like to hear this one. I got a pretty cool synchronicity from the listener. Yeah. Ooh, Let's jingle? have it. Wait, wait, wait. Don't get crazy. Pick here. a good jingle. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web and Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe oh I gotta talk to you later I'm having troubles with my computer the scrolling up and down it's a damn this shame. Is, this is from Cedar it's a little long, so be patient. It's good. It's worth it. Sup, fam? Synchro is down below, and a donation shall accompany this note here shortly. 
intro. I first heard of Great America a few years back through one of your No Agenda donations. I had to look real hard to find the show, but when I gave it a listen, I quickly gave up because I was very confused, confused by the long intro banner, banter, uh, and mistook it. under attack. And mistook it for the entire podcast. A year later, you were brought up again on No Agenda, and I, I knew I must have done something wrong the first time. I finally figured out your two-part format, and as always, I'm looking for more second half of the show material. I've been a regular-ish listener ever since. To set the stage here, I spent the last two years traveling the world, going to three continents and over 20, 20 countries. I didn't always have access to the internet, sometimes for months at a time, but when I did, I always tried to catch up on the back catalog of Grimerica. If you're so inclined to view things this way, this means that you two guys were with me for my entire trip, so thanks for keeping me company. So the synchro. At any rate, this story takes place just over a year ago. I was in Thailand taking a 14-hour bus ride towards an island where I was going to spend a couple weeks partying and learning how to scuba dive. I had been traveling nonstop for 15 months at this point, and for whatever reason, I hadn't listened to Grimerica for a couple of weeks or months, or I don't know, for a while. So when you are aimlessly wandering the earth, cane style, it's easy to find a little floaty and somewhat confused about who you are and what everything means. So try and keep that in mind. Anyway, it was around 3 a.m. and I was riding this night bus in Thailand, packed to the gills with ties and a couple other random backpackers and quite literally the definition of nowhere. If you look on a map, it was somewhere between southern Thailand hugging the border with Myanmar. I'd been on the bus for a lot of hours and hadn't seen anything out the window except for trees and basic crabby shacks. So I gave up on looking out the window and just stared at the LED lights in the dark interior of the bus for a while. I was pretty uncomfortable and didn't want to sit there for another eight hours, desperately wishing I could have a shower and a bed and some rest. But I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep while this bus plodded along the third world road. So I poked around on my phone with no internet connection and scrolled through my list of podcasts that I had downloaded in Bangkok. Grimerica seemed right for that moment. I tuned into your pleasant brand of Canadian banter and closed my eyes for about 40 minutes. Eventually I gave up on having my eyes closed and decided to admire the Grimerica cover art for a bit. Ooh, and how appropriate is this? Because the cover artist is with us, right, Red? That's pretty cool. Oh, Why is he talking about just the, the logo, or is he talking about the episode he's, art? No, he's talking about cover yeah, art. Maybe from Napoleon. So Red Pill Junkie's with us, and he wrote, he did that cover, and I remember the day I got it, and I thought I'd seen it before, and I had quite the feeling about that art. So, anyways, let's continue on here. So he says he decided to admire the Grammarica cover art for a bit. I'm dumb, and I use the standard iPhone podcast. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so it was your classic <laughs> Easter Island face getting red-pilled and zapped by aliens. I actually think that the new update is going to change oh, probably, it all. Probably. Yeah. He says, I stared at it for a while, still listening to the show and meditating on the meaning of the picture, until for no particular reason... I turned my attention out the window of the bus. At that very moment, my bus passed a long line of very large Easter Island head statues carved out of rock. Oh. What are the odds, eh? I hadn't looked out the window in at least an hour, and all of a sudden, while I was deeply engrossed in your show and thinking about the Easter Island face man and everything he stands for, I see an endless row of real-life statues of the guy. And on a tiny two-lane uh, road in Nowheresville, Thailand, no less. 
It was like seeing a physical manifestation of what I was listening to and looking at on my phone. In that moment, I felt an overwhelming and undeniable sensation that I was on the right path and doing what I need to be doing. I felt like the universe was trying to reassure me and say, attaboy, keep it up, champ. Mm. So, I love it. Oh, it's, a, it's an amazing one, especially that you're here to witness it, Red, because I didn't realize the connection before. And it's been so long since you've been on the show. So that's a yeah, sort yeah. of adds to the complexity mm-hmm, of the synchronicity. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, mm-hmm. the two of you, along with an ident- unidentified Thai statue carver guy, were responsible for creating a brief head nod between me and the cosmic space gods, or whoever is responsible for synchronicities. I'm friends with the helpful drugs, so I'm pretty sure it's Cosmic Space Guts. Anyway, it was dope as hell, and I will never forget it. Thanks a million. Keep up the great work, boys. The show just keeps getting better and better, especially with the new jingles. I don't know if you guys do this sort of stuff, but I will be driving through Calgary in September on my way to a wedding. would love to stop, stop by for a quick beer and coffee enema. If you guys are around. <laughs> You're not <laughs> doing a coffee enema in the igloo. So I was picturing, I was that. trying to picture where I would do that here, and it's just not conducive to. Let us no. know what day, and we can we can probably figure something out. Yeah, for sure, you can come by the igloo, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, P.S. For two dudes who listen to No Agenda, you say right way too much. I don't. Do I, I don't mean to be that guy, but someone had to say it. I Cheers, say it kiddos. Constantly. Stay woke. I've been calling them out on it. Yeah. So, Am I if doing people it too? know, no, no, you're not doing it. This is me. I think. Got it. So, so I'm aware of it and I've acknowledged it and it's already dissipating. Is it dissipating? Yeah, the power nice. of awareness. Yeah. There you go. Well done, sir. Ah, that's a tough one. Oh. I'm going to have to give that like a... That's a pretty... Yeah. I'm going to go with it. Hmm. I, I've got a number in my head and I think it's right. I know what number it's you're thinking. Be, you're yeah. thinking I'm going to say 8.92. Oh, 8.7. I'm actually going to go with 9.42. Wow, that's a big one. That's almost a record. Uh, that could be a record. I like the way he described like meditating on what the meaning was behind that. I mean, I would have mm-hmm. I would have made a scene in the bus, I think, if that happened. Oh, man, you would have <laughs> pitched a tent. <laughs> what? Right. Uh, yeah, that was a great one. Who was that? Mm-hmm. Cedar. Big thanks, Cedar. Yeah. Oh, he just, mm-hmm. uh, he greased me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What else you got? That's about it, buddy. I mean, I got more, but we could should save it for next app. Okay. What do you got, Red? I suppose we could wrap uh, it up. Anytime. Oh, we haven't got into fucking any of the support stuff. Yeah, yet. we should talk about that. We got to do our little rant that's right so check out america.ca slash support guys help us keep having these chats these intros we can just say fuck everyone and do what we want as long as you guys keep supporting the show we don't have to worry about uh, reporting to sponsors or advertisers or anything like that the only people we're beholden to are you big thanks to those guys who do support the show of course we're trying out the the bit of video stuff now and things like that and that is all thanks to the people who uh have been supporting us thus far, uh, thus far and continue to do so. So if you can check out grammarica.ca slash support, sign up for monthly. Those uh, really help us the best. If you can get on, you know, anything from a buck a month, which is like 20, 25 cents an episode, right up to, uh, I think they go, it goes up to 33 or something like that. And there's everything in between. If you want a custom one, I can send you that. You can do a one-time donation. That helps as well. 
of course, if you can't afford to support the, oh, uh, you do get extra content with that now too. Yeah, I wanted to say that we've been making extra content and we've had some extra content and we want to do some extra more controversial stuff, maybe some different stuff. Keep this feed the same completely with all the Graham Eric shows and the odd extra one, but we're making a whole separate feed, the Black Budget Support feed for people that donate anything to the show. So it's our little way of trying to get some more subscribers and, and to get some more content out as well and to try and you know, maintain a budget here with enough monthly subscribers cover expenses and a little bit extra for expanding the show. That's right. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Those guys have helped us do this. And, uh, if you don't have any money, that's fine too. You can review the show. We can always use some reviews that helps some algorithm somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, we have no marketing whatsoever other than a bit of social media presence. So if you can tell your friends about the show by signing them up for the newsletter randomly, nobody will know. <laughs> nobody knows who signed you up for the newsletter. You just start getting it. That's probably the easiest way to do it. You can just like, maybe someone knows how to make a bot that just spreads No, 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 I was just thinking it. that too. I was just thinking that too. Like, you could have an army of newsletter spreaders. So Red, how can people get a hold of you and follow your work? Well, well, the first place which people can reach me is probably at the Daily Grail, who will is and will probably would be my first and foremost home on the internet. I also sporadically contribute to Mysterious Universe as one of the writers. There are a lot of great writers in Mysterious Universe. Uh, a lot of them actually contributed to the, the book UFOs reframing the debate, including Robbie Graham and uh, MJ Banias and Micah, our friend Micah Hanks, you know, and myself, of course. Um, and there's also uh, this uh, web page that I finally, you know, decided to, to put together. That is, uh, you can find it by clicking. Uh, typing absurdbydesign.com, and that is that is my personal I don't know blog web page. I haven't decided what it is yet, but I'm thinking it will be my main hub for the internet, in which will I link to other stuff I'm doing. I'm also on, on Facebook and Twitter, you know, of course. And you can reach out to me and 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 check out the things that I write or and. You know the, the art commissions that I that I also do. If you want, you know, actual actually, to for me to do something, you know, like a por a caricature portrait or something, you know, try to reach me. I'm sure we can work something out. And I guess that's about it. Right on. That's Bingo, a great Bingo. idea. Yeah, people can get you to do art and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. and of course he spends quite a bit of time on our Facebook page too. So go like the Facebook page. Facebook page never gets any. Yeah, we're gonna try and push that Facebook page a bit. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna push the Facebook page. So go like the Facebook page, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, we're trying out Minds and some other platforms like that as well. The Gramerica subreddit is 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 reviving. We'll put up. We'll put By all the way, big thanks notes. to Ken for for starting that thing up. We're actually. You know what? It's some random hobgoblin who just disappeared and isn't even a Reddit user anymore that originally made it. And then uh, gave it to Ken. He's there. Uh, he's still there. No, Ken's not the hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Oh. Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Yeah. Ken's a kraken. 
Yeah. Or, or is that maybe is that I'm Ken? mixed up? Yeah, I mean you might be mixed up. Maybe, maybe. Oh, talk about the chat. There's a chat, a perpetual chat as well. Oh yeah, grammarca.ca slash chats. That's in the show notes as well. And that goes to Discord and there's people in there all the time. Yeah, chatting. there's a whack of people in there. Yeah. You'd have a hard time. It shuts Spreading down. The love, literally. Sometimes it shuts down from about two AM to about four AM. Yeah. But that's about <laughs> it. It's yeah. it's pretty much going out of time. People that's are spreading crazy. the love. Yeah. Podcasts have birthed out of there and oh, yeah, uh, friendships awesome. yeah. and relationships. And it seems great. Yeah, it seems great. Uh Graham and I aren't in there a whole lot, but we do pop in from time to time. But yeah, there's a whole crew in there. They'll welcome you with open arms. Yeah. And of course, uh Gramerica is now moving into the live stream on YouTube, you know. There's a Maybe. pretty exciting development for you guys. Maybe Jesus, I didn't expect it to happen. <laughs> happen fast, eh? Pow, 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 pow. Um, oh yeah, I did want to mention the last thing. The last thing I want to mention <laughs> before we jump into our chat with Irliana is that I get a ton of. Oh, I did want to mention this too. I got an email from Mark. That here's what it says: uh, PayPal says you suspended my payments, which I think is nonsense. So I'm going to cancel and resubscribe. I'm also moving up to a $5 a month as I really enjoy the show. The email from PayPal included, quote, Grimerica has suspended your automatic payments. Contact Grimerica for more details or to reactivate your payment. End which quote. is which is pretty bad because we didn't yeah. suspend anybody. We, we never suspend anyone's payment that? ever. No. So if you got an email from us saying that... Uh, or from them. Or saying from that PayPal we saying that we canceled it, that's, that's a bunch Bogus. of baloney. And... Uh, it did PayPal tends to do funny things from time to time, so it never hurts to double check your subscription yeah. and make yeah. sure you're still subscribed. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention is I get a ton of emails for info about vaccines. Um, really? We're, eh? we're going to have Ty Bollinger on the show right away, but I did notice that starting, I think it's August 17th to August 24th, uh, each day they're going to replay those seven episodes again for free. I think the whole thing's like 150 bucks, so it's pretty tough to buy it, but they're going to do an episode a night for, I think, seven, six or seven nights there. So What's it called again? The Truth About Vaccines or no? Truthaboutvaccines.com. Yeah, it's the same guy who did a truth, The Truth About Cancer. Yeah. We're going to have him on here in the near future. Um, some good stuff. It's a good resource, so you can check that out um, if you have any questions. So we'll link to that yeah, in the show notes. Good, good check point. that out. Uh, big thanks to Red. Big thanks to Irliana. Enjoy the chat, guys. Uh, it's a gooder. you just do darren oh see he got me going there unbelievable <laughs> you false started me <laughs> i 
All right, tonight we got a special episode. This is for Darren's trip down south to the eclipse. Uh, we have Erliana Samsara here. <laughs> I think I mispronounced her last name. Um, she's an astrologer, an intuitive, and an energy medicine practitioner, so this should be fun. We've done a few episodes like this, and she's been studying the great American eclipse coming up as far as like the astrology goes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, very interesting email from you. Erliana, thanks for uh, joining us on the show, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to you about all this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I I have to say that I've been, um, I think I've become like an eclipse geek the last several months, and it's been getting worse by the day as we approach the great American eclipse. So um, geeky meaning I'm just like totally, I'm just consumed with this. And uh it's it's so fascinating. There's a lot of really cool. Uh, there's a big rabbit hole to it, and of course, the mainstream media is you know doesn't cover that. It, the cool part, all they'll tell you is get those little glasses and you yeah. know don't stare at the sun. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. No, Darren's been mildly obsessed with this as well because he's been boy. You've been planning this trip since last last two summer. Years, I think two or, years for two years. You're planning this trip, so you're going to go down and watch it, right? Yeah. I'm leaving in two, all oh, two weeks and a couple of days, two weeks and two days. I'm fucking out of here. Where? So, Darren, where? Which uh, town or city are you going to? That's uh, classified. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but, but it is, it's a need to know, <laughs> need yeah. to know only. It's it's uh, going to be in Eastern Oregon, close to oh, close nice. to John Day. Yeah, somewhere in that area. I'm not even a hundred percent sure where I'm going yet. I know I've planned it out so that I'm coming from a place where there's no real urban centers behind me other right. than maybe Spokane, Washington, which is only about 200,000 people. And then after that, you just got fucking mountains. Yeah. Nothing. No, you're smart. You obviously researched it because they weather wise and traffic wise, that is the most ideal place. Yeah. That's the other thing is I was watching cause I was going to go to Eastern Idaho instead but when I was looking at the weather patterns, it seems like that east side of Oregon is like every time I've checked the weather for the last two months, everything has been sunshine. Two weeks yeah. of sun, two weeks of sun, two weeks of sun. So it seems like they're pretty similar to Calgary in their days of sunshine. So if it's cloud, it tends to blow over quickly, it seems like. And if and it's mostly sunny, but I've left myself enough time that I should be able to head east or west. If a, if it's cloudy, you're gonna try and follow it. If it's if the weather, yeah, good. I, if all goes according to plan, I I should hit like the path of totality I want to be on by a boat, you know, with about three hours to spare, and there's an east west highway fairly close. Wow. So that's that's, really yeah, I awesome. really planned it out. He plans out he plans it. out this stuff more than he plans out the podcast or work. I mean, I can't believe the amount of planning he's put into this. Oh, I run yeah. a pretty effective well, shift at I... work. The podcast is in shambles, but works pretty good. <laughs> hey, who cares? You just got to see the eclipse, and uh, that's it. Who cares about everything else? Who cares about paying an electric bill? Who cares about any of that stuff? It just <laughs> no, really. It is. Um, this is definitely the. Um, I would say it's the eclipse of our lifetime. Um, there is, there may be the one that's going to happen in 2024, you know, it's seven years out. So I, you know, that would also be very interesting. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, but we'll, we'll put that aside for, for this moment. Sure. What I'd like, if, what I'd like to say about this eclipse, this one is 
obviously, you know, they're calling it the Great American Eclipse. Um, when uh, I have been giving talks around Central Florida, uh, where I live, and um, it's been wonderful. I've been giving lots and lots of talks about this because I've really felt driven to share this um, with as many people as possible. And um, what I, um, my trick question is, okay, everybody, the Great American Eclipse falls in only one country. Which country is it? You know, and so they, they usually get it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, the reason why this is so important is, you know, eclipse astrology, as opposed to just other um, branches of astrology, it's, it's kind of its own animal. And um, one of the things that I want to share is that uh, when an eclipse falls on the Earth's surface, the, uh, wherever it falls, the, if it's in a country, the affairs of that country are very much indicated. So um, obviously this has great um, import because it's only in the United States. It's the first eclipse that has happened to cross the country in almost 100 years. So it was 1918 when, when it uh, came across the U.S. like it, like it is now. And, um, and so it's, it's huge. It's, it's the first time in the history of the country, um, that it is, you know, the last time it fell in this land mass was actually in like the year nine. When I say land mass of where the United States is now, it was in like 900 AD, Wow. you know, so yeah, like it, it's crazy. So it's the first time in the history of America that we've had this thing cross. I believe um, that when the 1918 eclipse happened, I, it might have been a little bit of Canada or something uh, uh, kind of like hooked in, you know, as it came across. But but this one is just the U.S. So we look at that. And uh, I also have to say that we look at um, where it crosses, especially in those areas will be highlighted. So the eclipse will um, touch down on the Earth's surface out in the Pacific, as you, you probably know, and it's um, it'll cross over right, you know, south of Portland, Oregon, and, and then it'll cross, you know, northwest to southeast. And, you know, what I look at is it's going to cross over the Cascadian subduction zone. You know, let's just, you know, get right down to it. Right. That's that's an even more, uh, you know, I read a big there was a great article in I think it was Atlantic magazine last year about that and how it's very, uh, you know, the the tectonic plates there are are very, very, uh, I don't know what you call it, active or, you know. It could blow very soon. We just don't know, but it would be pretty intense and eclipses can trigger things. What the timetable is, is always you know, it's up for grabs, but the fact that it, in an hour and a half, that eclipse is going to cross the country and it's going to come from, you know, crossing that subduction zone and then passing right under Yellowstone, uh, right between Yellowstone and the Grand Teton National Park, literally like right between it. And then it'll continue on and cross over the new, there's a seismic zone that not many people know about. It's called the New Madrid seismic zone. And it's in the confluence of like Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, that little area there. And then the eclipse path will continue on and go through Charleston, South Carolina. Then it'll cross the Atlantic and then lift off at, um, 
about 300 miles from the Cape Verde Islands off the coast of Africa. They won't touch those islands. So again, it just, you know, covering the United States in terms of landmass. So there's the path. And um, when I did some research, I found that the, not only is the New Madrid a fault zone, but Charleston even has a, a seismic zone. Now, obviously it's not like a San Andreas, but it's certainly something to consider. And um, in terms of the New Madrid, the, if you read up about that fault zone, a seismic zone as compared to say the San Andreas, um, what we find is that because of the geology of it, which I, I can't really articulate today, I'm just, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but the the way the geology of the rocks, it would just, it would create a more intense earthquake, say, than, than one in the San Andreas. And the last time it went off was 1811. There was a, a big earthquake. And it actually, now remember, it's kind of near St. Louis, Missouri. It actually rang church bells in Boston. Huh. Yeah. So, so Missouri, to, so it, it, last time it went, when was that? Do you remember? In 1811. Oh, did, yeah. So, wow. And it, so from Missouri to Boston, that was, uh, yeah, so powerful. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this eclipse is going to pass over all of those, well, say sensitive points, you know, and bim, bing, bing, and then um, over the. Um, now, I, I didn't even think about this, but when I gave one of my presentations, one of the attendees said, "Oh, well, look at where it's passing on the off into the Atlantic Ocean. That's where. Well, it's really like the Bermuda Triangle, and where Edgar Casey, the Sleeping Prophet." He talked about Atlantis. He even wrote a book called Atlantis Rising. So there is where he said the landmass, he, he prophesied that the landmass would rise, you know, pretty much off the coast of Florida. Well, isn't that interesting? Because the eclipse passes over that point. So again, there's another indicator. There's a trigger there. So um, I just find all of this really fascinating when you connect the dots and and see where this leads. And so um, looking at it on a deeper mystical perspective and looking at all these various um, components, it, you start to, a picture starts to emerge. Um, so I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, now, totally. moving on from there, if it's okay to keep going. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So now we look at in an eclipse, you always look at the sign and the degree. So in, in every, obviously, a solar eclipse is, as we know, the moon passes in front of the sun, da 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 da, da. Everybody knows that. Now, the, um, the thing is that a, a, a solar eclipse is kind of like a new moon on steroids. It's a, it's a super big new moon. Now, a new moon in every month when you have a new moon, it's, you know, the affair, it's an energy and it will last for like that one month. And then the next month you have a different theme song, so to speak, depending on the sign that the moon is in. Well, in this case, an eclipse is so powerful. You know, astrologers know that eclipses are the most powerful event in astrology. So now you have, you have this eclipse in, um, you know, that is, it's like a new moon on steroids. And so the effects of the eclipse last way longer than just a month of like a regular new moon. Your eclipse energies could actually reverberate for like two or three years. And uh, what we use to gauge that is when there, there will be triggers. Eclipses are always triggered later. So for instance, the trigger 
and what we look at is uh, Mars and Saturn mostly. Now, um, in this case of this great American eclipse, Saturn is not going to be affected. It's not in the right, it, it's not going to trigger, or the eclipse is not going to trigger with Saturn, but it will with Mars and Mercury. And um, so that's when we look at, you know, so the day it happens, you're not going to just look at the sky and go, oh, wow, all these things Eliana said, oh, they didn't happen. I'm going to go home. You know, she's full of it. No, no, it, it takes it takes a while. It's like a seed that's planted. So you're going to see things develop as from that point. And um, I have some exact times and dates that, are, you know, that we're all looking at. For one thing, um, usually it takes months before something Mars will get triggered. Sometimes it can be a year or two years. In this case, we've got um, only a few weeks after the eclipse, um, it's 28 degrees of Leo is when the sun, that's the eclipse sign and degree, 28 mm -hmm. degrees of Leo. And that's going to trigger things, um, you know, even two weeks later around in the U.S. we have Labor Day in the first the first Monday of September is Labor Day. And uh, it's a, you know, final weekend and uh, of summer. Well, that will be a pretty hot time because uh, we could see some very unusual or shocking news come out because of um, it's going to hit, Mercury is going to hit that point at 28 Leo. So every time a planet hits that point, 28 Leo is the magic number and sign, then you get a taste of the eclipse. Certain planets, because they have more weight than others, it will have more of an impact. For, and that's why I go back to Mars, because Mars is the planet of aggression and movement and, and drive. And yes, violence. I mean, I don't want to speak that into existence, but it is certainly there. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're just being real here. But um, what I find interesting is that um, if you go back in history and look at eclipses and how they had portended things, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Like you could, you could tie any kind of event in history. You could go and look at the eclipse that preceded it and, and you can see how those energies play out. So um, in the case of this particular eclipse, well, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty fascinating how you can uh, go back and look and see what happened and the nature of the things that happened. Um, what I wanted, I should probably just kind of put that pause button on that conversation and just come back to uh, the, the sign, 28 degrees Leo, um, what we look at is uh, Leo is the sign of what's the ruling planet of Leo? Well, it's the sun. It's not even a planet. Leo rules. It's the sun is the ruling planet. It's royalty, children, um, all of divinity, you know, so the ego on a lower level, it's the, right? Boast, boisterous, egoic people. So, um, if you look and see all the things that Leo rules, then those are the areas that are going to be uh, affected by the eclipse. So for sure, children and royalty are going to figure very largely in this eclipse. Huh. And yeah, you're going to see a lot about that come up. Now, um, what we've already been seeing is back in May, there, the, there's this point in the ecliptic called the North Node. That's not a planet. It's actually a, a point. Um, it's, it was at 28 Leo and that started triggering eclipse energies. So whatever happened in the news starting about that time, that's when you started seeing 
I always, I told people I was giving my talks to watch your headlines because you're going to see whatever energies, whatever conversations are coming up in the news at that point, you're going to see more of that develop. So um, regarding royalty, well, you know, it's not just royalty like like the British monarchy, although certainly that's the biggest royal family, you know, the most prominent one. Um, but it's also leaders of countries, yeah, or and politicians and uh, people in you know in leadership positions. Now, what astrologers have been so um, really, um, I would say, Hesitant. not enamored. Well. Um, what they what we've all been very intrigued by is the fact that Donald Trump's chart is very, very, very impacted with this eclipse. I don't know if you knew that or no, no, no. Um, but I mean, it's interesting about the kids and the like, children and and the royalty as well. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff in the past, uh, you know, six months or a year coming out about pedophilia and all that as well. I mean, I wonder if that's a sign for that coming out. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't, because um, what we look at, if you think of an eclipse, you've got the moon moving in front of the sun. So the sky goes dark in the path of totality. Right. So you you're you're in that path of totality. You're in the middle of the day and it goes becomes like midnight. The crickets come out. The birds start to, you know, every, it's like they think it's nighttime. So that, you know, the stars, you can see even the planets in the sky. It's, it's completely dark. So this is what symbolically it's, it's doing is it's saying, Hey, like the lights are out. So in an eclipse, there are I, things that are hidden that are not understood or seen. Things are vague. Things are in shadow. And what it's saying to you cosmically, astrologically is, Hey, what what is what are you not looking at in your life there's something here that's like that you need to get present to it's it's in front of you it's like if you're standing in a room and, and you turn out the lights you're in this room and yet you can't see anything for for a few minutes 2 minutes and 40 seconds at the height of it you can't see anything it's just some, the lights are out so it's asking you is wherever that point of 28 leo in this case Wherever that point falls in your chart, that is where you need to look at your life and say, wow, this is uh, this is an area of my life that I have to transform and that I have to look at. So um, in, in, a, in Western astrology, the astrological chart is like a giant circle, if you could imagine a circle. And then you have uh, looks like pieces of a pie right, cut up into 12 pie pieces. And each of those pieces is called a house. So um, if you remember the song from the 60s, the age of Aquarius, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, which is actually a bunch of BS, but it sounded good. Um, well, the, the, what they're referring to is houses, the various stages in which things play out. Well, each house represents a different area of our psyche, of our consciousness, of 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 things. And so wherever that 28 Leo falls in your chart is the area of your life that is calling for transformation. Mm. Now, in the case of, uh, yeah, it, it gives you an incredible clue as to what needs to change in your life that you may not be fully aware of. So can so, you tell us that too, then when, when you look at ours? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, okay. Let's get this. Yeah. Remember to get back to that and you can tell us what we should be looking at transforming. 
Yeah, chart. yeah I lost yeah. my chart. Yeah, you lost your chart. Oh wait, no, we we had the on a reading and we had charts made before, so. Well, two yeah, copies. It, and then what you, what an astrologer looks at, what we look at when when we look at that chart is not just that point. Now that point might be uh, aligned side by side with another planet or opposing it or squaring it or making some kind of geometric aspect. So it's not just that point. It's also the impact it makes like domino effect on all the other planets. It could be exactly conjunct, which is like conjoined or aligned. Um, it could be conjunct another planet. And so the energies of that planet come into play. So it tells you this whole story about your life and where transformation is necessary where you need to see things that you're maybe not seeing. So in the case of, here's an example of, um, you know, I think of Lady Diana because, um, you know, there's royalty. Yes, it's been 20 years this summer, 20 years this month since she passed away in that terrible car crash. And um, if you look back, it's interesting, this eclipse is, um, well, I will just backtrack here and say, the eclipse, all eclipses happen in cycles. So it's never just a single, you know, incident. It's actually each eclipse belongs to a family of eclipses. Hmm. And they're called they're called Saros cycles, S-A-R-O-S, Saros cycles. And um, it's they're all very organized. And each of these cycles, it takes thousands of years for a cycle to complete. So all of every 18.6 years, that cycle comes up again. It's like a cipher that completes. So the last time this eclipse, and this is called the solar eclipse, is going to be Saros cycle 145. Mm -hmm. So the, la the last time that cycle eclipse appeared was in August of 1999. And then before that was 1980, July of 1981. Before that was July of 63 before that was 1945. So if you look and see, there's a theme that develops. Um, but this one is very much so children and royalty are heavily indicated. Well, in 1999, Lady Di had passed, uh, Princess Di had passed in 1997. Two years later, August 99, that's when they released the inquiry into her death. But they released it right after an eclipse. So there were items that were not clear, right? Remember I said earlier about the darkness, something's not, you know, you don't have all the facts, something's in the shadow. So the fact that this eclipse cycle is coming around again means that we could very well see there's a huge potential for information to come forth that we didn't know before about her passing because of the inquiry happening right around eclipse. Then you go back to July of 81, she was married in July of 81 to Prince Charles. She was actually married in between lunar and solar eclipses was the royal wedding. That's interesting. Mm. If there's, you, you, don't, you don't want to get married in between eclipses, not a good plan. It's a very, um, it's, a, it's shadows, right? It's, you don't know all the facts. Well, we know from history as things turned out, she, you know, um, Apparently she wanted to call off the wedding, but then it was like kind of too late because all the big preparations had been made. But she probably, because she knew probably about the other woman, you know, the woman that he's married to now. I mean, as as history, as, as things revealed themselves years and years later, 
he always had loved Camilla and they never really stopped seeing each other. It sounded like they just kept continuing it. And she even said so on camera. She said to was it 60 Minutes, oh, there were three of us in this marriage. So that was some hidden thing that we never knew about for years. So there it is, you know, the, the secrecy thing. She got married during eclipses, in between eclipse, lunar and solar eclipses. And then here it is, uh, eclipse energy again in the death. So there were some secrets. There's something that we don't know all the facts about. So that's just an example of, you know, how that works. And, and you can actually get closure. And, and when this when that eclipse cycle comes around again, hopefully we will get closure or we will see things and, and we'll get truth that was not presented at, at first. You know, there may be more to the story. My feeling is, yes, there is a lot more to the story. And I think this eclipse is going to show that, you know, it, it actually in her chart, even though she's deceased, this eclipse is hitting her fifth house, which rules children and royalty and extramarital love affairs and love affairs in general. So it's interesting, all those themes. So that's that can you know, we might see things um, of that nature develop uh, in the aftermath of this eclipse. It could bring things to uh, the surface that had been hidden and concealed. So um, there's Hopefully that's it does a that. bunch of that. Yeah. All throughout, like, the, it'd be good if it just, you know, all the dirt came out of the U.S. political system since it's over just the U.S. It yeah. Sucks well, out it, the dirt. Oh, it could come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It re- it really it really will um, move things gr- uh, hugely. I mean, look at look at this world. I mean, my God, you know, uh, look what's happening in Washington. I mean, Scaramucci was like he he didn't even like officially show up on the job, but he was already fired. You know, I mean, it's like getting crazier and crazier by the day. Um, honestly, though, I have to say, I I am not. I I stopped worrying about all that. I actually, after looking at at um, Donald Trump's chart. And, and seeing that, I, I actually developed an entire talk just about him because people here uh, have been just so, you know, it, it, they've kind of thrown up their hands and it, it's nothing like we've ever seen in history. And so my talk is to provide an empowering context for this. Believe it or not, yes, I there is an empowering context. It's maybe not what people want to hear or, or expect to hear, but there, I did find an empowering context in which all of this is, is showing up. So as much as, you know, it's crazy and it looks crazy (laughs) and it is crazy in many respects, there is a bigger, my sense of things after looking at his chart and really vibing out all this stuff, because remember astrology is highly intuitive and, uh, I see a bigger picture evolving. And so it's all, it's what you just said about all the it's just coming out. You got to understand the United States uh, birth chart has Pluto and Capricorn, which is where Pluto is now. So every, was it 248 years, Pluto comes around <clears throat> to the point it was um, in the beginning. So in 1776, uh, well, it went in earlier, like 1763, Pluto went into Capricorn. Well, it is now in its the United States is what they call in astrology in its Pluto return. Most countries have not been around. They, they aren't this old, so they've never seen a Pluto return. 
a person would never, unless they lived to be 248 years old, you wouldn't see a Pluto return. But so we're in a territory that is un, kind of uncharted witnessing this. But uh, Pluto represents a complete taking down the, uh, and then Capricorn rules government. So Pluto is about the complete falling away of old structures that no longer serve, that have outlived their usefulness. Wow. And out of, yeah. And out of that, a new paradigm emerges, like the phoenix from the ashes. So we don't want to get hooked on fear and go, oh, my God. But it is. It's the, honestly, it's the complete breakdown of government and society as we know it. But again, it is, it's going to bring something forward that is um, long, the real, authentic, long-lasting. The, the um, you know, the, um, the uh, uh, what do you call it? analogy that I use when I talk about this is you think of a baby tooth. There's that baby tooth works and it serves you for years. And then one day your tooth starts to hurt and then it sticks up higher than the other teeth. And, you know, a new tooth is coming underneath and it hurts, but it has to happen because that tooth is has has done its usefulness. It was good for a while, but now it has to move out of the way because the real tooth is coming up. Now, the process of that is slow. It's painful. It's messy. We don't like it, but eventually it's there for a reason and it will, it will serve us. But the process of dissolution, if you will, is it's messy. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening in our country. Yeah, it's, it feels like the system itself is falling apart and, and, you know, due to all the corruption and the decades of, you know, just abuse, really. And, and the mainstream media has been just lying and there's all kinds of polarization. And I mean, it really does feel like... You know, we were talking earlier about us. It feels like we're in a dystopian novel. I mean, you know, Google and, you know, YouTube are censoring stuff and, and Twitter's doing the same. Like, it's a real struggle between the, the people and the power structure. Yes, exactly. And what does Pluto rule? Power, the abuse of power. It rules uh, corruption on a, on a low side. There's always what I say in, in my... Um, sessions, you know, okay, guys, it's the high road and there's a low road. So the low road of Pluto would be your manipulation, uh, vindictiveness, control in a, in a negative way, you know, like, like not good control, but control to, you know, for one's personal use or self gratification and, um, you know, taking, 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 and not giving, that would be, uh, the worst aspects of it. And, um, the high road is Pluto is like the shaman on the high level. So that's where, a per, where you go into the depths and the darkness and you recreate and renew and regenerate and bring forth. So when, so when people worry about, oh, my God, the world's falling apart and it's the end of the world, it's like, hey, you know what? All this bad stuff has got to go and it's OK to let it go. So if you could imagine that baby tooth, what if you had that baby tooth and you said, you know what, I don't like this. This is, I don't like this new tooth coming. I'm going to try to stop this and I'm going to do everything I can to, to ward it off. So I'm going to take a big bandaid. I'm going to stick it around my tooth and I'm going to force it down and throw some ambisol on it to numb the pain. And I'm, I'm just going to try to keep it from, you know, it's, it's insane, right? You, you have to let this happen. It's, it's a natural process and there nothing lasts forever. And 
a newer, better thing. So instead of focusing on the sadness of the loss of the baby tooth, focus on what's coming up underneath it. You know, we got solar energy and renewable, sustainable things. You know, all of these things are, are incredible and, and it's all ready to come to the fore. And it just, all this old stuff is just, just getting purged out. You know, so um, I digress here. I know it's not exactly eclipse oriented, but in a way it is because it's the solar eclipse in Leo is is Leo is the light, right? It's the sun. So it's shining. It's like shining the light into dark areas. And since Leo rules children, we will see great breakthroughs in government with with uh, children in and any kind of governmental uh, place. Like, for instance, the the U.S. government. Um, you know, Trump hired um, Robert Kennedy Jr. to head an anti-vaxxer panel. So here's what's not covered in the MSM. Trump is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, my God. Like, no, everybody's obsessed with all this crazy stuff. I'm an and I'm not defending him. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and here's this guy who is the leading anti-vaxxer. He is... This is our royal family, the Kennedys, right? This is what, the, you know, I remember this guy from the UK said to me, oh, well, you know, in our world, you know, that's your, the American royal family is, is the Kennedys. And so, um, yeah, so th this is big. This guy has uh, stepped to the fore 27 years ago. He started speaking out against vaccines and autism, Robert Kennedy. And Trump has, uh, you know, named him to this panel. And he actually said at the, he came, there was a premiere of a, Forget the name of the film. It was a documentary. Was it vaxxed, about, vaxxed, I think. Was it, yeah, no, it was another one besides Vaxxed. It was that the truth about to, vaccines, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and um, Robert Kennedy said vaccines are a medical holocaust. So he, he came out publicly in the media saying this. So here Trump's He's been got on this, Tucker a couple this, times now, too, saying that. Like twice in the last two months, Tucker had him on. Really? Yeah. So. See, you've got this going on. So, you know, that's really, that's working behind the scenes and again, standing for children, you see. So the dark side is all these vaccines that kids are forced to take and, you know, kids getting autism within hours of injections. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary when you read these stories. So here he's got the leading activist with this incredible pedigree, this Kennedy pedigree, you know, working on behalf of children. So I, I would say that, that you're going to see more um, breakthroughs happen around that as a result of the eclipse. Um, and let's look at what, and you said earlier, I mean, not that we ever want to talk about this, but we, we have to now. Um, the, what's the dark side of children, the darkest practice you could imagine where light is not, right? So the Leo is the light, the sun. Where is there not light? Like space, no space, time, no time, light, no light. Well, where is there no light? Pedophilia, right? I mean, what is the most god-awful thing you could imagine is that? Well, this is going to shine a light on that. And, and we've already seen in the last, you know, WikiLeaks coming out with all of those uh, documents on Pizzagate and Pedogate and whatever you want to call it. I mean, they, they've got the goods, yeah. you know, I mean, they've got the emails. So, um, you know, this is this is something that you're going to see uh, break open big time. Um, now, I find it interesting that um, the Vatican is another place of right. It's it's leadership. So it's not just um, Washington and political uh, leaders, but 
they're very powerful. The um, eclipse is um, would bring that to the fore because uh, they've been named. You know, they, they for years has been dragging on that that people are upset at the Pope because they're not getting closure and these priests are continuing to be shuffled around and they say they're handling it but they're really not. So again, that will all you know come to the fore. Uh, Hollywood. Leo rules the entertainment business. So you'll, you'll, again, there's a lot of pedophilia in Hollywood. This has been coming out. Elijah Wood, the um, Lord of the Rings star, he came out last year with uh, at one of one of the press conferences for his his new movie, and he started telling the journalist about how Hollywood pedophilia is this big dark secret in Hollywood and how prevalent it is. Well, it caused such an uproar that he had to dial back his comments a couple of days later and come out publicly and say, hey, you know what? I just have to say that I wasn't personally molested, but I know people who were. So, but he, I think he probably wouldn't get work in Hollywood if he didn't. And maybe even that endangered his work prospects. I don't know. I mean, it is, it's such a dark, gnarly black hole, but you see this eclipse is going to shine a light into all these areas. So we're going to be seeing a lot of change, you know, so a lot a, of change. What about, um, you mentioned Mars before, what about Mars being the god of war as well? Is that, is that play into it at all? Um, well, it, it will, we'll say it has the potential to, uh, because, um, we, um, we always want to, we have to remember too. Right now, Mercury in Leo. We want to. Our Mercury rules our thoughts and communications and words. So our words create a reality. So um, you know, could the potential exist? Yes. It depends on consciousness where we are uh, as a collective consciousness. So if we are in a very low evolution, it could look violent. But um, because we're really at this tipping point, or I say we're. Actually, I think we've already achieved critical mass, honestly, um, to um, to not be in that direction. When enough of us um, are aligned in that, then it doesn't have to go that direction. But really, it, it's always a choice. So um, I I just want to say that you know the high road of Mars Mars energy of aggression. Well, let's call it a push, right? It's Mars is. Um, the god of war, but it's also, you know, we could declare war on, you know, it, like think of the metaphors of this. We could declare we could war end the on, war on drugs. Yeah, yeah, or the war that goes on in our minds. You know, like oh, we could push and and uh, fight for that. Like fight for something. Not just we're not we don't we have the choice to not use the energy in a low way, the way it has for centuries. Uh, we could take that light and do something constructive with it rather than destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Saros cycle in uh, July of 1945 was this eclipse series was the one that also happened in July 45. And the next month is when they exploded the, the A-bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So there's the energy of light, but used in a destructive manner. Well, consciousness has shifted exponentially understatement since then. So now we have an opportunity to move forward in a very, uh, in, a, in a way that's using the light to help each other up rather than to kill each other off. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what about what, so what else about Trump then as far as like how this affects him and his, uh, his uh, sign or however you describe mm -hmm. it? Well, Trump is a Gemini. 
He's born June 14th. He was actually born during a lunar eclipse. So that is, uh, that's interesting. So he's really, his energy, yeah, he's perhaps people born during eclipses, they'd be more sensitive to those energies. He's a Gemini. He has uh, Leo rising. So um, when, when I had said, you know, so I can at least tonight explain his hair. Okay. So that hairstyle is it, there's an astrological, uh, you know, backup to that. Okay. So what is that? Leo rising. The what lion, does that mean? The mane? The lion? The lion's mane. Yeah. Now the right, the rising sign in astrology, just so people know the basic terms here, the sun in astrology, you say, I'm a Leo, I'm a cancer, I'm a, an Aquarius. That's your sun sign. But the rising sign is what's also called the ascendant. That's actually a different point in your chart. And that was, that's the constellation that was rising on the horizon the moment you were born. So um, in his case, the sign of Leo was rising the moment he was born. So he has Leo rising. And your rising sign, different from your sun sign, it is actually the energy that you project to the world and how you show up to people. So Leo rising would be uh, on a person who, you know, who has some work to do, we shall say. Uh, you would look loud, boisterous, egotistical, um, like that, you know, garrulous. And, you know, now the good side of Leo is uh, generous, friendly. Uh, it's the child, right? So it's like a big kid. Um, you know, so he, he, that's what he, what he uh, projects is Leo energy to the public. Now, um, in the case of his uh, rising sign, the degree of his rising is 29 degrees. That is the final degree of a sign is 29. Right, because it's like a month, it's a thirty degrees to a sign, zero to twenty-nine. Then it goes to the next sign, zero to twenty-nine. So he has Leo at twenty-nine degrees. So uh, that is called a an anoretic degree. Not to get into heavy jargon, but the, an anoretic degree is also called a, a karmic degree. So that is the energy expressed at, like on steroids at its highest level. So we're talking about big hair, you know. <laughs> we're talking about loud, big, right? And, you know, he's got big hair and it's blonde and, and Leo rules the color gold, right? Well, you ever see the inside of Trump Tower where he lived, his, his apartments, they're all gold, gold trim, gold sofas, gold, you know, faucets, gold, you know, draperies, like everything is gold. Well, of course, he's a Leo rising. He's got gold everywhere. So how so, does the eclipse, um, how does the eclipse going to play into that then? Well, the eclipse at 28 Leo conjuncts a lot, lines up with that rising sign. So it hits exact, like within a degree, that's, that's conjunct. Wow. His rising. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a major impact on what he projects to the world. So what I want to program and project is taking it to its highest potential. And that would be that, um, he would, and it's in his, what is called the 12th house, which is the final house of a chart. Mm-hmm. And, and that represents the deep subconscious, it, many, many, many things, but we'll just say here, the deep subconscious beliefs and, um, and Mars, the planet Mars is right there next to it on the ascendant. So it can, and it's fixed our regulus, which rules royalty. So Mars energy, royalty, ascendant, the sun is bang, bang, bang or pop, 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 or whatever you want to call it, 
shine, shine, shine right on those points. So that is a major change. What I see possible for him is that he could really heal his inner child because that Leo is the child. And in, in the 12th house, that would be like, I think as a child, he probably got shut down, like as wanting to be this bubbly kid, you know, and then one day somebody said something to him and, you know, whether it was another kid or, or his parents. And, and so he's had a wounding there. And so this eclipse is actually has the potential to heal that wounding. And we've seen it in the news when he would, you know, sometimes the things he has said is like, oh, I'm, you know, he's like a little kid, like I'm taking my marbles and going elsewhere. You know how he's brag, 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 or bah, 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 and, you know, it just sounds like a spoiled kid. Well, this is an, an this uh, eclipse can, has the potential, it's all free will, it depends, to heal that. So I'm going to stand behind it. I'm like, you know what, I want this guy to have, um, you know, we're, we're done with all this, it is, you know. We, let's let's raise the bar here and let's bring forth something higher. So here's this guy that, you know, can have a, a real big inner child shift. Um, and so um, I think that's um, that's exciting to me. I'd rather talk about, you know, transformation than what's wrong. You know, I want to look at, you know, that's what I'm encouraging people. And when I when I give sessions, it's like I always say to people, look, you have a choice here. Why would you want to continue on in this manner? And this eclipse is giving him an opportunity to really heal that. And when you heal that in yourself, you know, if you've ever done like inner child work, yeah. you heal that in yourself, man, you heal, you heal the planet, you know, and he's look at his position. He's he's the president of the United States. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. So what, what so, are some of the things you could see coming from that then from this, like if he did this, you know, this work and this healing on his inner child, what, what's going to come of it? Well, I will, I will say this, um, that, it, I, um, what could come of it is, well, he would shift his whole being. It would be like Moses coming down off the mountain, like a whole new person. Here's the thing. Go on YouTube and look up the night of his acceptance speech. I, I have to just say, this is what is available. Let me let me t share this little story. Okay, so um, I didn't vote for him. And uh, I, um, the next, I was shocked, like everyone else. I really thought, you know, Hillary, he was there to drive votes to Hillary. That's, that's all I could think of. And uh, I was shocked when I saw the headlines and I was freaked out. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I feel like I'm in a living nightmare. You know, <laughs> like, oh, my God, what, what are we going to do? And I knew it's like, OK, you know, like in the Matrix, get up, Trinity, get up. You know, <laughs> it's like, I got to I got to figure something out here because I cannot be run by this. I have got to put on my big girl panties and deal with this and, and create an empowering context to live my life. And so this is, took about a three day process. And I didn't see his acceptance speech until later, um, a, a few days after the election. I happened to see it on YouTube, and I was shocked. Um, I actually, what I saw was this man who, he looked like he had seen a ghost. I, and he said he didn't expect to win. You know, just nobody expected, including him. Well, the look on his face is he was quiet. He did not brag. He had this really quiet little voice and humble 
and sweet, and a whole a, a part of Trump that you have never seen before. And you, you go on YouTube, I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind. And he, I remember him saying, well, I just wanted, I would like everybody to have a job. And he wasn't saying it in a slick salesman way. He was real. And you could tell, it was like, oh my God, I got chills. And I actually, I actually spoke in the language, it's what's called the language of light, which is like this higher mind star language, right? It comes through me. When I he- only when I hear profound truth spoken, you cannot fake the language of light. You, it, it, it only comes through genuine, 100% authentic. So I saw that and it made me cry. I started getting emotional and I was like, oh my God, this is the real Donald Trump. You are seeing the real him without the ego. And it was incredible. And I saw that and I felt, oh my God, okay, I'm all right. We're going to be fine. It's not going to be a problem. Now, was I upset since then with all the stuff in the media? Yeah, it's disturbing to see all this drama and all this crap happening. And, you know, the White House, I don't know what the heck is going on. Nobody can seems to figure it out. Yes, it can be. But I go back to that image and it allows me to go, okay, this is my center. And we move from here. So I say all that because what is available is to see him like that all the time. To, he could radically reinvent himself. And it's interesting because the planet Uranus is making a, 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 an aspect to this eclipse. And Uranus, okay, guys, stop. all right, I know I, this. We're used to saying that name and people go, Uranus, and oh, ha, 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 ha. I know, I know, I know. Let's get that out right now if you're thinking of that, you know. But anyway, the planet Uranus is the planet of revolution and change and liberation of the soul and suddenness and electricity and excitement and shock and things happening out of nowhere that come out of nowhere. Well, Uranus making an aspect to his, you know, in the, in the eclipse, and certainly his chart being so affected, it could be a sudden liberating thing. It could be just this, plus it's in his 12th house, which rules cosmic consciousness as well. So, hey, he could like, he could get, I know it sounds crazy, but hey, you know, he could get a visit from like a heavenly, who knows, an ET, you know, something like that could could connect with him and create that kind of um, spiritual you know, awakening or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sudden didn't see it coming. Those are all Uranus traits. So this, I, this is definitely um, a possibility here. And so that's that's this is not the kind of interpretation that you know maybe most people would make of this but that's what i'm seeing and that's my intuition is like this is the this is huge this is an incredible opportunity and he won't get this ever again i mean this is he's the president of the united states and this eclipse is happening right on his and so and and the 12th house is behind the scenes so he's not necessarily going to we can't expect him to go on TV and talk about this. This is something that's private and it's uh, behind the scenes and um, it, it comes from, it's not necessarily a public thing, but, uh, but it's certainly the possibility for change. So do you ever, do you ever think about um, the other side of this? Like if he needs, he, if he needs that ego and he needs that strength to actually fight uh, for the people, like if he was genuinely doing that, like he's up against basically 
the whole fucking globalist paradigm, right? So what what if he right. needs that? What if he needs that that base sort of ego that he's that, you know that that also is a weakness, right? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, it can be a weakness if 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 it runs you, like you know, when right. when I see him, yeah. But um, I I think he and and I'll say too. Um, there was, I don't have it in front of me, but I did look at the chart for the inauguration day. That's a whole nother chart um, for his administration. And I could tell that there's protection here um, from a higher cosmic perspective, like beings, whatever you want to call. Uh, Yeah, there's a, so he's actually being protected. That's what I saw on the chart. So yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. It, so yes, it's a crazy thing. I never thought it. Nobody in this planet <laughs> ever thought they'd grow up to have Trump as president. I used to live in New York City. Okay, so it was like Donald Trump. Oh my God! If you told me that twenty years ago, I'd be like, <laughs> "You're crazy." But you know, here, we, I guess for me, it's like, what? Why did this happen? I don't know. To me, he's a reflection of the of the ego, the collective ego for the planet. So. If we don't like him, we don't like that part of ourselves. We have to make peace with that part of ourselves, and then we're not freaking out about him. So every time you want to point the finger and look outside, then there's no transformation. You know, we have to see, hey, that's that's a representative. And Eckhart Tolle said something really amazing years ago in his book, A New Earth, and he never forgot it. And it was actually, it helped me get through this whole Trump thing of him being elected. He said... As the ego, and I'm paraphrasing, but as the ego expresses itself, it also burns itself off. So in a way, he's really just burning off, helping to, one of the places, uh, burning off the egoic structure of the planet. So I'm going, okay, whatever. If it has to look this way, so be it. Like, don't fight it. Just go with it. Let it burn off because, again, that baby tooth, you know, something better is coming up. But we have to get rid of all the detritus, you know, in order to have that transformation. We've got to look at our shadow side. And that's what this eclipse is going to do. The shadow is going to be seen. Um, the, the pedophilia, the deception, you know, all of that, the lies, the all of that stuff that has been, you know, that the elite, you know, the whole puppetry and all of that stuff. It's coming out really fast. I mean, look at, look at how, look at your show. You know, that's pretty darn amazing. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a changing paradigm. It is kind of, I feel like it's breaking open fast. It really is. He's, you know, for all his faults and all that, he's, he's sure this whole, not even him personally, but this process is exposed so much. It really has exposed a lot of the lies and the corruption. And, you know, we, you know, you, we have to be careful at the, uh, to watch the mainstream media now. We really do. They, to get any sort of uh, context or any sort of um, objectionable or sorry, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any kind of. Uh, objective. Yeah. Objective. Uh, source you need to go to independent media really i mean like like our yeah. show or people that aren't aren't sponsored by big pharma aren't sports sponsored by corporatism and all that i mean it really is uh changing the way we look at things yeah and they're becoming more and more people are waking up and uh they're seeing 
it's almost like that scene in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy, uh, you know, she lays that broom down and then that, that big head with the flames on either side and they're screaming at her and, you know, she's terrified. And then Toto goes and pulls back the curtain, right? <laughs> and then, then you see the wizard. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. You know, it's like that, 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 that's where fake news, you know, pay no attention. That's fake news. I'm like, wait, what, what the heck is fake news? You know, <laughs> like that's made up by them, you know? And so it's all this, they're desperately trying, like that. he was desperately working those levers, the wizard, you know, and he's desperately trying to pull that curtain back and, and she, she sees it for what it is. And that's when the game was over. So, you know, but this eclipse, I'm telling you, it's like, this is a big, big, big portal. Um, moving back, by the way, to, um, you know, what, what, uh, what I find interesting and very mystical about this particular eclipse, the, um, when I said earlier about, you know, uh, uh, I know it sounds like the cover of the National Enquirer saying Trump and ETs, you know, oh my God, you know, like, uh, what a weekly world news, right? Isn't that, I don't know if you guys have that in Canada, but it's just, crazy newspaper you see online at the checkout counter, you know, monkey boy with a yeah, head yeah. of a monkey, you know. And bat yeah. boy, bat so, boy was a popular. Bat goes to UFO summer <laughs> and sleepovers. So yeah, he's, he's all we're, right. we're all in and I'm all, I'm all in on this thing. I mean, it, it, maybe that's how dis- disclosure has to happen is through Trump. Through the, maybe during the eclipse, the UFOs are flying around. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. The well, sun goes well, out and it's like, what in the fuck? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you got Uranus in a trine. So that's Uranus, that's ET, that's sudden flashes, light, ET energy. I always associate Uranus with ET energy. So making a trine, which is a very harmonious aspect, it's like you could say that that is like you have the assistance of the good ETs, you know, that will assist things. And the fact that it's hitting his that exact point, his Mars, his action point, and and if it were to go to war, it's like those those ETs would assist in moving that into a higher place. Like for example, in the I, I mean you've I don't know if you've ever read this, but during the Vietnam War, there were um, many GIs that had said they in the worst fighting in the jungles that they had seen ships of light overhead when when things got really really bad. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. But. Yep. Yep. And and even World War II and the the Foo Fighters, know, the, the I mean, Foo Fighters, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it happened in Vietnam. So there there are these benevolent beings in, in other dimensions that have been assisting us, and I think that now it's gonna these un uh, you know little seen energies are going to come more and more into our consciousness. We're we're moving into zero point. It's it's all happening. What I I find really cool is the um the eclipse the you could say the theme song for the eclipse is um, there's this um, astrology called Sabian astrology, S-A-B-I-A-N. Yep. And there's this thing called Sabian symbols. And the Sabian symbols, there's one for every degree of the zodiac. So 360 degrees, right? Like a circle, every degree of the zodiac represented. And there's this guy named Mark Edmund Jones, and he was a, a, a wonderful astrologer in the 1920s. He worked with a clairvoyant, a woman named Elsie Wheeler, and the two of them, he would hold up a degree and a sign on a, like a piece of paper, and she would just like cosmically channel the information, a, a message about each one of those, 
and they were very cryptic and very um, very mystical and not easily understood by the linear mind. And uh, anyway, he took years to develop an interpretation for each of these. Well, what I find really cool is the one for this eclipse, the 28 Leo. If you look it up, it is a mermaid emerges from the waters ready for rebirth in human form. Hmm. Now, that is a trip. So what's a mermaid? Well, here it's, that is the, the part, the mystical, magical parts of ourselves that we know are there, but we don't always see them. Or, oh, well, some say they exist, so other people don't. You know, it's like all that. <laughs> well, and the ocean is like cosmic consciousness. So this is like we are birthing ourselves all that, you know, we're wired. Our DNA is wired for superhuman capability. And now it's coming up to the fore, you see. So this eclipse is unleashing that. And my, my intuition has been, hey, this eclipse is about the return of a goddess. And here it is, 28, you know, a mermaid emerging. Um, you could see, you know, there was that documentary about mermaids. When I first saw that a few years ago, I'm like, mm, okay, you know, well. But then I started saying, wait a minute, if you can believe in ETs, why can't you, why can't life exist like that? I mean, wh who's to say? Where, where would that be? Yeah, you know, that's, that, that's an overall thing I used to think about, a philosophy that if UFOs are real, and I would say yes, right? And let's just say that, uh, and they're not all ET, but like, let's just say ET is part of that phenomena, then then anything else can be true in a way. Like you're, where, do, where do you draw the line, right? If that is true, and I've seen a lot of people have experienced it themselves, then who knows what is, what is real or what is possible? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, who, who are we to say, oh, life can only be in this dimension or that place or that corner. It's like, if you can allow ETs, then why not mermaids? And the other part, when I went, when I'm doing, I do this cool little uh, slideshow PowerPoint that goes with my talk. And so I went to look for some cool images of mermaids. So I'm doing this, you know, search online and I find all of these other things populated on the list. And it said mermaids, mermaids in Hinduism, mermaids in Buddhism, mermaids in African religion, mermaids in Thai, or this, this that, and the other. And I'm going, oh my God, I had no idea. And I, I see millions of images of Hindu, Buddhist deities. They were mermaids. And I'm like, whoa, like, you know, I've been studying yoga for like 25 years and I, I never knew that there were 10 incarnations of Vishnu and Matsya avatar Vishnu was the first incarnation of Vishnu. He was, you go online, you see, he's a mermaid, he's a merman. I mean, you know, so I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So it's, it's this understanding in the collective of, of these uh, things that, and I, I think it's absolutely fascinating. Is there a spiritual war going on? Like, is, is this bigger than, um, is there a hierarchy up there? Like, the archons are, you know, sort of running things right now. And this protection that you talk about or this, uh, this possible change coming up, um, you know, even like we talked about ET disclosure, that type of thing. I mean, is this a battle that's going on up there? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Like, like what was it? Socrates that says as above, so below, 
Yeah, I think that it, there's a big battle going on. And, um, and so the more we are stand in our original true DNA wiring, which is, you know, super cosmic beings, that's who we really are, as the more we stand and frequency and anchor that frequency, the, the less people can have control over us. And, and we can't be run by whether it's the elites or whoever, you know, the powers, the powers that were, as, as David Wilcock likes to say, the powers that were. You know? uh, so yeah, and, and, uh, and then you're immune to those other lower frequencies. You, you raise your frequency and the other things cannot hurt you. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I, I think there's some bad dudes out there in, in some nasty, you know, there's, there's levels of, of entities and things. There's definitely a hierarchy, yeah. but, yeah. um, but like I said, is is uh, it's our movie. You know, where we get to say how it goes. We have free will, and are we going to allow that in, or are we going to program, or are we going to get sucked in by fear? The mainstream media is very fear based. Wants you to believe in lack and fear. And it's like, well, you know, do you want to buy into that, you know, or do you want it something else? Isn't it time for something else? Oh yeah, it certainly is. Here come the mermaids. Woo! So is there anything else uh, specific about the eclipse you want to talk about or, sh or can we move to or should we move to uh, like what, what the eclipse means for Darren or, or, or anything me? in my chart? Oh, okay. So um, is there anything I should think, watch um, out for? I oh. could still call this thing off. Well, you know what? Um, I, um, I just wanted to say too that um, what's really cool is the, the path of totality is going to take us through um, – the highest point is going to be right next to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which is a little tiny town in western Kentucky. That is actually the birthplace and the resting place of Edgar Casey, <laughs> the sleeping prophet. Yeah. And um, what I found, one of the things I found that was really interesting was uh, um, when I first researched this, the... Um, the I went I, I remember reading about um, I'm thinking with well, the day I found this out maybe like a year ago when I first started researching this and I said you know Hopkinsville Kentucky and something told me you know oh well just I've just felt guided like go Google Hopkinsville Kentucky and see what you come up with and I never heard of the place it's a little tiny town and I <laughs> I Google it and I go to the like the this town website and there's this you know column like here you know click here to pay your electric bill and you know, click here for the, the chamber mixer, you know, whatever. And then, then there's this little button called little green men. And I'm like, what the, you know, <laughs> like, what, wait a minute. We're just pay your electric bill, little green men, you know, like, oh, you know, just throw that in. So of course I click on it. And it turns out that they had this ET close encounter in this, it's actually Kelly right up the road. In 1955, they had this ET encounter where um, these uh, this man, this farmer at his house, and he sees these balls of light outside his window late at night, and he starts freaking out, and he sees these aliens, these, like, what we would say grays in the window, and they're looking at him, and they're, you know, and he's freaked out. Well, of course, it's the South, so what do we do? <laughs> you know, some 12 little gray men are running around on your roof and outside your house, he you know, what does he, what does he take out? Shoots the shit out of him. <laughs> 200 rounds, 200 rounds. 
So um, now I have to say, I mean, I laugh at that, but yeah, I, I feel the poor guy. That's that's pretty scary. It's traumatizing. So this went on and on. They go to the cops. The cops said, you know what? They, it was really they very much looked traumatized. It wasn't like they were making him up. It turns out that um, the a few days later there was kind of a backspin, kind of like with Roswell. They're like, oh well, it was really a weather balloon, you know, like they kind of did all that and. Um, <clears throat> And so they, they, somebody started calling them the little green men. Well, they weren't green, but it kind of stuck like an urban legend. And every year they have the little green men parade. And it's, you know, this thing that they do. And so um, but what I found was fascinating is the eclipse happens exactly to the day, 62 years to the day that that encounter happened. Oh, that's crazy. Very cool crazy. Was 42. That's crazy. What? He's 42. So that was how many days? It's how many years? That was 62. 62 years to the day from that. Yeah. So it's that, like August 21st, 1955. Wow. Yep. Exactly. And apparently um, I talked to somebody in Hopkinsville because I'm going to, I'm going to go up there and, and um, actually going to give my talk there at this really, really cool store called uh, Milkweed. And uh, it's, a, it's a holistic emporium and the people are like really, really awesome. Cool. And I, 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 I wrote to them and I said, Hey, I, you know, would you like me to talk about the eclipse? And they're like, yeah. So it's, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be really, really great. Um, they're expecting a hundred thousand people in the town, you know, with it's only 30,000 population. So it's, it's going to be intense, but think of a lifetime. But anyway, um, where was I going with that? I'm going to be on the side <laughs> of a highway. No, yeah. About the, about the anniversary of that. Is there any other weird uh, things along the totality? Uh, yes. Um, so not only that, but I find it interesting that um, if you look at, let's see, the, um, which should I talk about first? The 2024, coming circling back to that 2024 eclipse, if you look on a path, and you can Google this to see this, and you'll see uh, eclipse paths on a map of the United States. Well, the 2024 eclipse goes southwest to northeast. And where is X marking the spot? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right there, right next to the New Madrid Fault and right in that Hopkinsville area. And uh, if, and, but it gets better. Um, there is this really, really amazing, uh, highly mystical, sacred book called The Keys of Enoch. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The Keys know. of Enoch. Oh, The Keys of Enoch. I thought you said The Cheese of Enoch. Oh, no, no, Keys, the Keys of Enoch. <laughs> so um, the Keys of Enoch is um, a very mystical book that was a transmission that a rabbi, a rabbi, this man, Rabbi um, Jacob Hurtak in the 70s, he actually was visited by Enoch, the light being, and took him into other another dimension of light, and he met Metatron, and it was just a really huge, I mean, to put it lightly, put, you know, to if you could say it in a sentence, an incredible cosmic encounter that happened over a few days. And he came back and the entire book, which is, you know, thick, it's four or 500 pages, was all the information that was given to him. So it's not in an easy to understand, uh, it's a scientific kind of languaging, but very highly mystical and encoded. So um, anyway, this, uh, the book, and talks, one of the things it talks about is really about the changes, the earth changes and how we are moving into this higher level of light and that there were these dark energies from interplanetary that have kept our planet back and, you know, 
with some, um, you know, keeping us locked in a certain level of evolution where we didn't evolve. And now all that's breaking up. And um, one of the things that they talk about is the energy, which has been the focus of energy on this planet has been in the Middle East with, you know, Israel. And, and there's this huge, the biggest energy portal on the planet is right, right in the Israel Middle East area. And now that with the earth changes, the focus will go from the Middle East to the Middle West. And so I thought about that. And there's a map of, the, of North America in the book, and it shows a picture of, of a dove that is overlaid over the of the United States and Canada. And one of the PowerPoints, you could say, is that area of, of where the eclipse makes that X. So I think of that about the Middle West and the eclipse making that X marks the spot, Hopkinsville, Little Green Men, you know, um, Edgar Casey being buried there. He was a great mystic and prophet and any highly evolved soul, the Ka, the bones, the Ka, the bones have Ka. So there's a sacred element to that. So to me, that's a real PowerPoint. You know, I, I, I see great potential for that area in the timings to come. Huh. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know. Maybe I'll go to Newfoundland for the 2024 one. It goes right through the end of Canada there. Yeah, the, tw- does, the 2044 ones. It comes right through Alberta. Calgary, area, right? You'll probably be dead. I'll be 74. Darren, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, be, you'll be good to go. You'll probably be in better shape than I am. Yep. No, go go to the 20, go to, go to the Hopkinsville area in 2020, what, 20, Oh yeah, yeah, we were looking at that. We were looking at that that yeah. one too. Yeah, now I'm looking at Newfoundland because maybe I'll go to Newfoundland for the 2024 one. If yeah. you got shit to do, you can't die. That how it yeah. works. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty trippy. Where when you see when you line up all of these things, and uh, you know, I, I just think that's pretty fascinating. So, um, is there, is there evidence of past of this, of this eclipse in the past, uh, and, and being, um, uh, geological changes and, and earthquakes and stuff like that, or any, any, um, you know, tectonic yeah. increases? Oh, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, um, eclipses can, um, can trigger, I mean, I will be honest with you. It's not a, you know, it's kind of well, definitely not a pleasant subject, but yeah, they can trigger geological things. Very much so. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Yellowstone. I mean, they they've had earthquake swarms there for years, but I don't know if you saw in the paper in the in the news in the last I don't know couple of weeks. It said that the the level of earthquake swarms has increased like fivefold or something in the last year or two. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So that I'm like, ooh, eclipse hasn't even happened yet. But again, you know, I said look at the headlines before the, you know, coming into this eclipse season and. So that's interesting that, and who knows, you know, that uh, is a super volcano, which actually has, they discovered it four years ago that it's way, way bigger than they ever imagined. They found these underground chambers that extend into like other states like Idaho and, you know, so um, it's, it's very large and uh, you know, this is going to pass right, right by there very close. Hmm. So any, any other interesting esoteric stuff about the, uh, the eclipse before we get to Darren's, uh, chart? Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Um, I would say, yes, I would like to offer some advice to, to everybody out there. Like what, how, what's in it for me? You know, what, well, first you look at your chart and you find out where that point is. And that's the area of transformation that you want, that is being, you know, the universe is calling you to look at that. The other thing too, is some do's and don'ts for the eclipses. Um, do not make any major life changes for the first, uh, well, uh, in the eclipse window, which is really like now, and especially uh, through through to the, uh, well, the lunar eclipse is this Tuesday, and then the solar is, you know, uh, August 21st. But um, it's a very unsettling time, so don't make major decisions. I would not get married. I would not recommend that, <laughs> you know, um, not a good plan. And, and anything like that, um, you know, maybe leaving your spouse or, or, you know, career change is just too much unsettled energy. Let it all settle down. Give it a few weeks on either side. Uh, another thing, too, with Leo and the energy of Leo is you do not want to be vengeful or act out of revenge. That would be really, really, really bad. Do not do that. That would backfire. So any aspect of ourselves we want to get back at somebody you know, rewrite that and open your heart, come from compassion, mercy, kindness, connect with your divinity. That's what it's really calling us. It's not like there's some king or queen out there, but it's, we are that. We are the kings and queens, our divinity. We're, we're not depending on other people to tell us, you know, how great we are or limit us. We, we, it comes from within. So that's, that's like the big advice for how to open to this eclipse and use it wisely, use these energies wisely. Yeah. Stay away from revenge very much. That's why you just got to send a lot of light to, yeah, the people. Yeah. Stay away from revenge. <laughs> Not a good plan. So how does Darren, how does Darren look at his chart then and, and see that, uh, what, what did you call it again? That sign, like the, the, uh, 29 degrees and the, the 20, 28, 28 degree. 28 degrees of Leo, um, and you, you'd have to uh, look at the sign for Leo. It looks like a little lion's mane. Yep. Like a little, looks like a girl's flip hairstyle. Yep. This looks like a bunch of Greek to me. <laughs> it is. It is Greek. Astrology is definitely <laughs> a language. I know. <laughs> as, as Dane Rudger said, he was one of the great astrologers of all time. He said, astrology is a language and if you understand this language the sky speaks to you i love that i put that I put, I put that on my homepage because i love that i love that thing uh yeah so you look at 28 you look at look for that leo and and that What's part of the leo pie look like? it looks i haven't found the leo just oh, look look over here it's on the, oh it's that weird little line with the yeah. circle yeah it's a little it looks like a lion's head uh, mane that's the sign. It's on the pie chart. You so know, mine's you got on it. the four. It's on oh, the fourth. Wait. That's the fourth house. Is that what those are? Those are houses? There's 12 of them. Yeah, it's those are be, houses. And then it's in between the lion and the Virgo. And it says 10, yeah. 10 degrees. Uh, what's 10 degrees? The lion in the four. I mean, it's in like the what? quadrant of the four. So you're saying, are you, is, what is your birthday? March 10th, 1981. 
March 10th. Oh, so you're not a Leo. You're um, I'm a Pisces. Uh, Pisces. I don't know why yeah. Graham got us going on Leos. Because it's the Leo, 28 degrees of Leo. Yeah, so it doesn't, yeah, wherever 28 degrees of Leo is in your chart, you look at that and then you say, okay, and then is there any planet that's right next to that or exactly opposite? Because those are the, oh, that's the, the story gets told of the changes that are going to be asked of you and the arena and the flavor of those. It's very, you know, you can nuance it very deeply. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. So how can we tell where I that? I can't tell. Yeah, Maybe we can, can So we can't tell for these charts that we had. We had these charts made up, but we can't tell from that. So can you tell where Darren's twenty-eight Leo is um, right now? Uh, uh, I don't have his chart. I don't have his chart. Okay, we'll have to figure that out later, Darren. Where's my Pisces? Well, your son is in Pisces. That's right. Where's the sun? Which house is that? The sun? The sun would be, it looks like a target. It's a circle oh, with yeah, a little that's right. dot. So my that's, son's that's in the 11th sun. house. Okay. No surprise. 11th house is, uh, the ruler of the 11th is Aquarius, which rules Uranus is the ruling planet. It's broadcasting. Wow. What a surprise. And then... And humanitarian. I don't have anything opposite of that. It's just empty. That's okay. Okay. But you got other parts. But your so your main uh, energy is, you know, your if you've got your son in the eleventh house, the focus of your life's ener- work and path would be about uh, is an Aquarian house. So it's breaking mo- the old paradigms and creating the new. My Mars and my Venus are both in there too. Cool. They're all huddled up together. Yeah, I guess wow. none of it really means anything to me. It's cool that broadcasting fits in because the last guy that never said anything about broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, Uranus and Aquarius it rules broadcasting because it's electric energy. So it rules the internet and broadcasting. Well, look, your did podcast. You, did you hear that, Darren? Electric energy up Uranus. That's yeah, pretty good. That's good. I was waiting Stop, for it. Graham, Graham oh. couldn't resist. Oh, I was <laughs> waiting for that one to drop. <laughs> your cast. Um, wait, there was something else I wanted to mention um, with, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really cool. If I could just jump off of your chart for a second. Yeah, um, no problem. It, there's this really cool channel, um, her, and I am not one for channels because I'm just really picky about who I vibe to, but there's this woman from the UK called Magenta Pixie, and she's on YouTube, and she's this really wonderful sweet woman she oracles from this what she called i think calls it the white wing council of nine anyway great spot on stuff and she just released a video yesterday called uh well one of them last week was the wizard behind the curtain so i thought that was interesting about everything falling down and the truth coming out um but there's this one called the emerald gate and that um Apparently, the opening is even bigger than the lunar solar eclipses. Eclipses always happen, by the way, in bookends. They're like bookends. They're lunar solar, lunar solar, first part of the year, and, you know, six months apart, right, opposite signs. So this one, the lunar is in Aquarius, the solar is in the opposite sign of Leo. Well, she said that the, um, or the information that came through her said that there's this huge portal opening in 
late July, and it will go through the both eclipses and finish around maybe the 26th, 27th of August. And what's cool about that, it's the completion of 2012. So remember when, quote, nothing happened during 2012? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, my God, December 21st, how come nothing? You know, we all sat around. Well, what people have to remember is the Gregorian calendar, which was rigged up by the Vatican back in the 1500s, that was not natural time. So the timeline was five years off. So now you have, um, so 2012 was really 2017. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So here, here we are. And this, this eclipse is actually that, that's where the, that's where the window shifts and we're now moving into a really into zero point it's it's huge guys this is this is so huge so um i am really glad you know that we're talking about it (laughs) yeah well i hope it is because something needs to shift here really like it's it's um we're on the we're on the cusp yeah I, i feel like we're on the cusp of either like tech technological slavery or an awakening we're really at that point where if we don't wake up, we're, we're fucked. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and I, but I really see and feel that we are waking up and it is very, uh, it's, it's very exciting and it's not to be, Oh, to worry about, or, you know, to feel down in the dumps. This is really happening now. People are waking up so fast. I mean, years ago, we couldn't even, have this conversation, but everywhere I go when I give my talk, of course, I have to be more in the middle line and I present information. But every audience I talk to, they are always like, oh, well, you know, da 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 da, and all this, what, you know, many people call conspiracy theory or tinfoil hat. And, you know, but you know what? It's so mainstream now. It's like they can't keep this back. No. It's just, it's, it's just opening up in so many places. I was at work today for a barbecue and there was four or five people talking about a lot of this stuff, conspiracies, aliens, uh, Bigfoot, ancient, ancient alien type stuff, like pyramids, all kind. And I was like shocked how many people were just talking about it, like they were interested and they knew the subject. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. So just keep focusing on, on that. Like, I think was it Socrates that said, you know, don't focus on fighting the old, but focus on building the new. Yeah, that's a good one. So you you just keep your focus on that and, and then keep everybody else's. The more we share about that, that's the energy that's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to go in that direction because we're speaking it into existence. Yeah. So don't worry about that man behind the curtain with the, you know, working those, you know, the wizard, but you know, it's like, whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and we have the power. It's, that was the point of that whole movie. You know, she had the ruby red slippers. It's like, dude, you don't have to go outside yourself to be validated. Yeah. I like that inner work as well. Right. If we all work on our inner child and stuff too, that comes back to, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And that that's part of the whole thing as well. Yeah, exactly. Be that change and be that child. I mean, there is, do you realize how much light comes out of uh, children are naturally, they're not messed up by all, you know, dogma and mental crap. It's like, 
they're pure, they're pure beings. They're in the now, you know, they're, they're like little Christs, you know, they're just, they're awesome. And so if we all get behind that, that's real. that's where we all started. And then, you know, we got messed up as adults. We kind of took some left turns collectively and individually. It's like, okay, whatever. But now we're at that point where we go, wow, you know, we can choose something. We don't have to be run by automatic conditioning or listen to this disempowering, you know, matrix out there that's always trying to keep us in a box. Like we get to say how it goes. And here's you know, being, there's nothing like a child and that sweet, innocent, childlike playfulness that the dark energies, they cannot handle laughter and humor. Um, it, it just, it's like, they, yeah, it's like they're done, you know? <laughs> so it, it's very simple. It's like all being laid out for us. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you doing all this research and coming on the show and talking about it. Yeah, thank you. I, you guys are awesome. I, I'm really excited about the work that you do, and you bring a lot of really great things to the world. And you know, I just want to say we're really grateful. Thank you, and thanks for coming on the show. And with a little luck, uh, I'll live through this eclipse. <laughs> yes, you will. You will. I'm going to be in Hopkinsville, at, and uh, so that I'll be giving a talk there on Friday, the before the eclipse. What is that? The um, the 19th, 19th, the 19th, no, 18th, 18th, the 18th. Yeah. And then Sunday at one o'clock, I'm going to talk again. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Can and you send me, a, can you send me links to those and I'll put them in the show notes it, or it, uh, we also want to mention your website as well. Right. Before we forget it's uh, what was it again? Starsoundastrology.com. Right. So I'll put all that in the show. Star notes. Sound Astrology. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And um, yeah, I can definitely send you guys the, um, the information for that. And yeah, it'll be cool. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. I'm going to do a crystal bowl meditation Ooh. with language of, yeah, with language of light and, and um, uh, you know, just this really cool, like cosmic download. See, when I, I just want to say real quick, if I may, when I got my, um, I was asking the universe, what's the name of my website, my practice. I, I, I've never had a name to it and, um, I needed to get a name and, uh, finally it came to me in a dream and I, I saw spelled out starsoundastrology.com and I'm like, Whoa. And then boom, I woke up and what I heard when I was in that quote dream, I don't know what to call it a dream, but, um, it was like the Akashic records. I could see the, the name and, um, what was said to me was, you know, this when you uh, give a reading, what you're really reading is the all planets have a frequency, a sound vibration. So when you're giving a reading, an astrological reading, you're really reading the frequencies of the planets. The sound, like think of it as a symphony of sound. So that's what is going on, and that and that's only the English part of it. You know, I, I can't really explain more of that. Like that's the only thing I could actually articulate, but the rest of it would come more more of that vein would come. And what I'm seeing is that I, as I give these talks, that I'm now taking it into direct experience. So people via crystal bowls are great for that, the quartz crystal, ormus minerals, and um, connecting with super consciousness. And so we, we talk about the eclipse, but then we experience the eclipse. So it all lives in experience. You know, Terrence McKenna talked about that. It's direct experience. It's the right. only way. 
Yeah, we just had so, a we yeah. just had an overnight Cicetti group, and I brought a I didn't have a crystal bowl, but I brought my my metal bowl, my singing bowl, cool. and, and played that, and that was like the best uh, series of sightings that we've had. Like after all those all the nights I've been out with that group, like we went on an overnight thing, and it was crazy the amount of activity. <laughs> You went out in the the Calgary area? Yeah, in the woods. Yeah, about an hour and a half northwest of here, and we're out in the middle of the dark sky. Like it was just gorgeous. New moon, lots of stars. Yeah, it was. uh, And I don't know if that had anything to do with the bowl, but I tell you, that was it was loud and it was beautiful sounds from the bowl. And and it, I don't know, something changed. Hey, can I come if I eat mushrooms? No, I don't know. Come. I don't know if it's gonna work. It might it might ruin the the vibe. <laughs> I've been ostracized yeah. from the sea setting. <laughs> You've been ostracized. Yeah, too negative. So Darren can't come out until he proves his improves his attitude. Ah, uh, you're funny. We're only strong as our weakest link, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've never been kicked out of a conspiracy group. <laughs> You've never been kicked. Out. Anyway. How about, what about Catholic school? Did you guys go to Catholic school? No. 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 We're a little... Uh, we both would have been kicked out if yeah. we went there, probably. Yeah, I think so. Infidels. Yeah. Right Infidels. on. Well, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll send, you, we'll send you a link to this and we'll get it out before the eclipse for sure. And uh, yeah, it was good timing. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And let's keep in touch afterwards too. Let's like let's uh, see how things shake down afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> just still. I know. Internet. I'm wondering if uh, you know. I don't know if I'll have a time to keep a journal or a blog going, but um, I'm sure we'll have some pretty mystical experiences out. And um, I'm definitely going down the road to where the the little green men sighting. You know, the, there's a woman, the, the woman who's who was the daughter of the guy that she he died, but she's around. And she's going to give a talk. So. I definitely want to check that out. So maybe I can come back and if there's anything yeah. there, share right. with you. Are you going to watch it from there then? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. You're going to be in the, the prime spot. Yeah. Oh, 30, oh, the, what is it? The 37th parallel? That's the UFO highway, they call it. You've heard about Perhaps that? I'm not even going to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. And you're on the 37th parallel? Apparently, a friend of mine just sent me this link to that the, they showed this map of where most of UFO sightings have occurred is along the 37th parallel, apparently in the world, but in the U.S. it was all these little dots, mostly out in Colorado, Utah. But then I took a line and I extended it, and it goes right through the Hopkinsville no. area. <laughs> no way! That's so awesome. like, whoa, Uranus trying, man. I'm telling you, we could see something wild and crazy. So right on, awesome. Yeah. Well, good luck. Have a good trip. Have a safe trip. Enjoy your talks there and. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll send you a link to all this. Cool. Thank you. Right on. All right. Thanks, Erlenia. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'm sorry I mispronounced the name twice. See, I... Isn't it Elenia? No, it's Erliana. Erliana. And I said it. it wrong in the end, and then I said Samsara wrong as well. It's, well, it's you're a real some, piece of shit. Samsara, right? You Samsara? So. You're Samsari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm some sorry, some sorry. <laughs> That's right. Big thanks for coming on the show, Eliana. Uh, a little more spooked between her and Cliff High. It really takes some courage to go on this trip. Really? No. No, you're. It's yeah. You're fine. It'll be good. So will it be dark though? Yeah. 
Really? You can see the sun. You can see the stars and shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you should do a little celebration and a little seasick practice. If you if you come back after if you've had a no, sighting, no, I you don't could, care what you see said. If you if you come back Paris, after, I in a periscope if you, clip, so. Are you? If you come back with a sighting, I will let you into the Sea City group. <laughs> no. If you don't let me in the Sea City group, I'm not gonna show you my <laughs> footage of the eclipse. <laughs> I'll just check it on a periscope. Yeah, there'll be a ton of that. Yeah. Nothing beats the real deal though. It's true. That's what I'm talking about when people say, why didn't you videotape all this stuff? It's hard because you don't, you don't get a good shot of it. Well, I'm still going to vide- videotape it right. so that if people accuse me of the eclipse of not being real, I can prove it. Right. So I guess the robots on the flat earth, the robot lights on the flat earth are going to cross or whatever. Is that what it is? I don't know. Um, so check out gramerica.ca slash support, guys. Help us keep having these great chats, these great guests. Uh, no commercials, no bullshit. Um. Yeah, sign up for a monthly. Do a one-time donation. We get access to the bonus apps, the black budget support feed. Yeah, extra weird and I don't know, somewhat more controversial content probably. That's more true. controversial than Trump working on his inner child. More controversial than that, and uh, probably more uh, a little more nonsense too. More nonsense more than edibles. a regular Grand America more, feed. More edibles. <laughs> more edibles, more cussing, and more hallucinogens. Actually, we're going to do psilocybin too. So. And more politics. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So sign up for monthly today. And if not, just keep enjoying these. Uh, share the show where you can, guys. Review the show where you can. Tell your friends about this motherfucker. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Get some swag over at grandamerica.ch slash swag. Spam gram. And uh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
When the moon is in the seventh house And Jupiter aligns with Mars Then peace will guide the planets And love will steer the stars This is dawning of the age of Aquarius The age of Understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more fossils or derisions. Golden living dreams of visions. Mystic crystal revelations and the mind's true liberation. Aquarius. Aquarius. When the moon is in the seventh house. And Jupiter aligns with Mars. Then peace will guide the planets. And love will steer the star. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. The age of Aquarius.